Sweetie, you won't believe it. I've got incredible news. You got the job. No, I didn't get the job, but something better happened. Better than not getting the job. Yes. I met a movie star. Somebody really big. Who? Robert Taylor? No, a horror movie star. Boris Karloff? Close. The other one. You met Basil Rathbone. Oh, to heck with you. I met Bella Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. No, he's very much alive. Well, sort of. He's old and frail, but he's he's still Bella Lugosi, and he's really nice. Well, I can't even remember the last time I saw him in a picture. It's a shame. He's such a great actor, and no one uses him anymore. So did you get his autograph? No, it wasn't like that at all. It was just the two of us, and we were talking, and treated me like a friend welcome back to the show everyone welcome back to the show another <laughs> entry in our october lineup yes indeed this is gonna be really fun i'm excited to talk about this movie i mean every time a celebrity dies i always respond with i, well, I thought they was dead i thought he was dead <laughs> <laughs> listeners my name is pete and i'm scott and, and these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay absolutely jackson cooper welcome jackson. back to the show Hi. welcome back thank you for having me as i refill my wine glass yes oh, please do i'm so happy to be back with y'all absolutely we have are we? a really fun movie to talk about and we had you over to watch ed wood directed by tim burton released september 30th 1994 wow yeah. I, can't, I can't believe this movie is from 94. It has not aged. Yeah, like, it looks really great. Yeah. Still uh, still holds up. Yeah. Still holds mm-hmm. up. Everyone is at the top of their game with this movie, Absolutely. which is fantastic to yes. rewatch every single year. Yes, yes. And every time I watch it, I just feel like as it moves along, more and more kind of characters get introduced and locations and movies that are being produced and so i just get these memories of like oh yeah there's vampira like I, yeah. you kind of forget about it when i start watching it again and, and also it, it i love it because it's that old it's that 90s movie making where it was pre you know really pre-cgi so yeah. everything mm-hmm. was so practical yeah. and uh, i don't know i i just like how much of a sort of a chamber piece it is it's just oh, yes. all about the actors it's all about the characters oh definitely yeah it's and, so great and for, yeah. especially for a director like tim burton and i mean yeah. the, tim burton we love the guy but i think that he's sort of sometimes the poster director for style over substance and what's really right. great about this movie you're right is that the actors and the characters lead with it yeah and he's and this is you know, right at sort of his peak, because this yeah. is after Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. and Beetlejuice, and um, I don't think Batman Batman Returns, Returns came out yeah. in ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is right after that. But it was it it was like the midpoint before he. Sorry, Tim, if you're listening, but before he be- <laughs> ah, kind of became a sellout, sure, a little bit, because you know, I mean, Mars Attacks, as good as it is, it was such a jumbled mess of cgi and visual effects and then right. you know everything in the early 2000s on was just sort of a, a disappointment i, I think sort so of yeah. is, i yeah. think sort of the turning point in his career for me is i think that it's anything after sleepy hollow okay okay mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleepy I, hollow, he he's you know he i think he feel like he goes back to his Beetlejuice days and and a little mm-hmm. bit of Ed Wood too, where it's yeah. just all style right. all the time. But uh, yeah, you can definitely see 
seeing this where it's it's peak Tim Burton movie making, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what gets lost when people think about or talk about Tim Burton. I feel like everybody just has this idea now of like a spooky Alice in Wonderland and yeah. you know, dark circles in their eyes and Sweeney yeah, Todd. you know, and crazy <laughs> hair and Helena Bonham Carter. But like the reason that Paul Rubens handpicked Tim Burton to make Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which essentially like launched his filmmaking career, right. mm-hmm. was like the sensibilities in Frankenweenie, right? Yeah. Which is black and white, you know, throwback, very like 50s aesthetic, mm-hmm. and just this like, I don't know, just exactly what this movie is. And like you said, it's just yeah. this, this chamber piece of these people and... Every time we watch this movie, Scott and I, especially now that we live in Hollywood, yeah, California. I mean, um, <laughs> East Hollywood, but who's <laughs> being really that specific? Ever beautiful since, downtown Burbank, yeah, no. the uh, the entertainment capital of California. Um, <laughs> the way that this movie is shot, we every time we have to comment yeah. on. How mm-hmm. rural it makes Hollywood look. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's Los Angeles from the nineteen fifties. From the fifties, mm-hmm. yeah, and it yeah. really did look like that, you know. And it's just, but it's pretty amazing to see that few amount of cars on the road, right? Oh Especially God. when they're yeah. filming like the Glenn or Glenda scene. Or yeah, yeah. I love to me. Uh, there's the one of the iconic scenes is when Vampira is on the bus. Oh my God! And then mm-hmm. she gets off and goes to the studio, and it's I was just like, oh, that feels. You know, very peak LA mm-hmm. kind of uh, kind of feeling for that. Vampira sitting on the bus yeah. in full beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone staring at her, and she's so pissed. She's just like, "Fuck this job!" And that, <laughs> and that woman behind her looks over at her boobs, yeah, like, really, and just like scowls. Oh my it's God. so small. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and and it. I love the LA part of it. I mean, you all live in LA, but. The L.A. part of it, it's it's not an L.A. movie, which right. I really like about mm-hmm. it. It's yeah. not a Magnolia or, <laughs> you know, any P.T. Anderson kind of thing where it's not about the vibe of L.A. Right. There's just this, like, joy of Hollywood is there, but we're on the outside yes. of it. Yeah. You know? We're on the and outside looking so in. it just happens that movies can happen outside of LA or, or outside of Hollywood. So yeah. And it's, it's, it's that very outsider. And it's true it. that when you just drive around places in LA, not even just Hollywood, there are little mini sound stages everywhere. Yeah. And I think that in this movie, they go to the Largemont studios, which may or may not have ever yeah. existed, but I mean, <laughs> but there's always yeah. just like little, little, little yeah. studios like that all around mm-hmm. sound stages mm-hmm. and just the outskirts. Yeah. Of town. That yeah. they just rent out to any productions. And it's it's such a good it's so good to see Tim Burton really having fun like a like a kid in a candy store. I mean, it, it, about movie making, you yeah. know, like he there's you know, the opening shot is the camera going over the fake Hollywood and the fake mm-hmm. L.A. where yes. you know there's like the Brown Derby and all that. So mm-hmm. it's already this like we're entering this fake Hollywood that doesn't exist right. and and. Tim Burton is like, you know, he doesn't lean too much into, uh, because it's a biopic, he doesn't lean into creating this different type of Hollywood like Tarantino does. Yeah. And, you know, it's wonderful, or um, not It's a Wonderful Life, Once Upon a Time. 
Yeah. But, uh, but I, I don't know. I just, he doesn't, he doesn't ground it in time outside of just the aesthetic of, of, uh, you know, the cars and the costumes mm-hmm. and such. He doesn't, he doesn't make it a precious moment in right. LA history, yeah. which I really enjoy. That. And yeah. he has a good focus on the movie's point of view because it's all mm-hmm. Edward's, it's all Edward, Edward's point of view. It's all it's yeah. all through Ed Woods's like yeah, yeah. view of the events, which we can get into later. Yeah. But before we yeah. get too into talking about the movie, I wanted to do a leading ladies quiz. So we okay. are on number three SJP movies. Pete, okay. can you name? Oh, can you name the ones that we've done? Or Jackson, can you kind of tag team them? <laughs> let, me, let me see. Super fan here. Um, oh my god, what did you do, Sarah Jessica Parker? Um, we've done not family, not Family Stone. Not no, family Stone but yet. I have been threatening to do the Family Stone every December since I'm, we yeah. started the show. Well, we're, we're gonna get to it eventually. Get to it. Um, I mean, uh, tis the season. We definitely have done Hocus Pocus. We did Hocus Pocus the first mm-hmm. October of our podcast. Oh, right. So we got that okay. out of our way pretty easy. One of my favorite <clears throat> episodes, too, with Allison. That's a fun episode. I love that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second Sarah Jessica Parker movie that we have uh, featured on this program uh, is going to be... I'm stalling. Uh, I'm vamping. Yeah. Is, uh, it, <laughs> no, no, keep going, Pete. I'm it co-stars, it co-stars another <laughs> famous actress who is an Oscar winner. Another famous actress who's an... When you do these kind of hints... I should just... Yeah, not help they do not help hard. me at all. It's, it's Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh, yeah. Girls Want to Have Fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ed Wood... Okay. Love, and it. Love it. We have done on our Patreon podcast, we did a commentary for Sex in the City 2. Okay, great. <laughs> we Is sat that through... We go to Egypt? They, yeah. they go to Abu Dhabi. They go to Abu Dhabi. We Sorry, sat through Abu all Dhabi. fucking two and a half hours of that movie to do a Patreon commentary. And, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious. It's a lot of fun. Time. And you know the thing about... And we were exhausted by the end And you know the thing about Sex and the City 2 is that it has that yeah. reputation of being really bad, but I kind of stand by that I think that it's solid and... I think that after the two-hour mark, it just, like, avalanches. <laughs> that I think, I think everything I, I that... Think falls out. I think that's called Stockholm Syndrome. Uh-huh. I think that's just <laughs> you are like, you know what? I'm going to finish this fucker, and let's just keep going. But I feel like right? all of yeah. the really bad scenes are pretty much, like, the last act of the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Liza Minnelli gay wedding is pretty bad, but... And that's right <laughs> at the beginning, though. <laughs> But it's iconic. All right. But All right. Other than that, it's great. So, leading ladies quiz. Yes. I always begin okay. the leading ladies quiz. Can okay. you tag team her IMDb most known for? And don't think too hard on Sarah it. Sarah Jessica Parker's IMDb top four um, is Sex in the City and any carnation on there. Incarnation. Uh, um, yes. Okay. So, it has to be. Okay. So, it's probably the series. Yep. Okay. The series is there. I I, I will say. I think Ed Wood is up there because that's pretty highly rated. Ed Wood should be there, but it has a really good cast. It is not there. Okay, so I'll no. give. Yeah. <laughs> so hi, Nick. <laughs> so I did say Sex in the City is there. Okay, so yeah, Sex and the City, so, so the, the movie. So we're talking about movies, one. right? Not, well, not the there's just four. TV there's show. four spots. There is there is on one. Her, there is one TV show. There's four spots I'm most it. known for, mm-hmm. and one of them is Sex and the City, the TV show. Another spot I'm going to say is Sex and the City, the movie part one. Yes. Okay. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. I d- I'm not. I don't think three spots of her most known for are Sex and the City, Sex and the City one, and Sex and the City two. Is that the truth, Scott? Are you telling me is that, that your final answer? Is that true? No. Please there, no. 
Sex okay, in the City, Sex in the City 2 is there. It is there? There is three Sex in the City entries in oh, her most known for. Wow. Which okay. is, which, if I was like SJP's, like, I think the publicist can reach out to IMDb and actually, like, choose them. I, I've heard wow. that. Is that, like, publicists oh, can reach I, oh, out? Okay. I feel like if I was her, I would, like, I would spread the love a little bit. Get that, get that. Edited. But what is the fourth, the fourth movie entry. that is not Sex in the City? Okay. Well, was. Was she in Honeymoon in Vegas or is that yes, that's, that's her. That's her, yeah. It is not Honeymoon in Vegas. It's not Honeymoon oh, in Vegas. Oh, shoot. Um, is it Hocus Pocus? Right. No. Surprisingly, it's not Hocus Pocus. No. Okay. I know that movie has a, kind of a big fan base and that usually pushes yeah, things up yeah. the algorithm, but it is yeah. not well, that. Well, she she did guest star on Glee, so if it... Oh, no, but we already said TV show. Well, yeah, there was only show, the one. So, yeah. Uh, is, yeah. It, is it Family Stone? It is the Family Stone. Oh, oh my God. What, wow. what rating is the Family Stone on IMDb? <laughs> it's not the highest rated movies. It's just it's the just, most... It's just the most... I think it's sort of the most yeah. searched or clicked on for her. I would say that that's a pretty searched movie on imdb I she think got a golden be, globe nomination sometimes awards yeah. do like factor into that so i don't know okay all right so we got so okay. um so that's okay. our top four okay what all do right. you think the highest grossing movie of hers is oh i i i'm gonna say it is the first sex and city movie it is yeah 206 yeah. over 262 million worldwide that is crazy. Dang. Probably is one of the highest no, grossing rated R movies of all time. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Pro- well, let's not give them that much credit. Okay. I mean, um, I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's pretty up there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So oh what is God. the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes? So I am not counting a documentary that she narrated on <laughs> called Life Apart. Uh, okay. So we're not going to count that. That's about, that's like a Jewish document, okay. documentary. And that's at okay. 100%. But what do you think the highest, highest is? rated on IMDb of her movies that she's acted in, not on IMDb, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, you really love this movie. I actually like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it makes sense, sort of, when you read the cast that it would have, yeah, that it would have been so critically. Is it well is it L.A. Story? It's L.A. Story at ninety two percent. L.A. Hey. Story is ninety two percent because 92? that movie no that movie does not hold yep. up very well. And I think yeah, it's that, not. I think it's, it's sort of followed by Ed Wood. So Ed Wood was up there. Uh, okay. Jackson, you'll probably get this pretty quick. Uh, what was her big Broadway debut in the late seventies and seventy nine? Well, okay. There's two answers. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say this, we, this we sort of is a two-part she question. Was, she she was in a, a play called The Innocence, which is based on the Deborah Carr. Oh, um, interesting! Movie. I didn't know that. But she left that to go uh, star as the title redhead as Annie. Yes, Annie. So I think that she was originally cast as one of the orphans, and I think that she seceded. Uh, the I think that she seceded two other actresses. So I think okay. that I don't think that she originated it, but I think that she was <laughs> no, 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 no. Andrew yeah. McCardle originated yeah, Andrew, it. Yeah. But yeah, she was she was definitely in the replacement. And yeah. Shelley Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um what is her first movie credit? SJP's first movie? Mm-hmm. Footloose. Oh, was- it's Footloose. Ooh, yeah, Footloose um, yeah. Speaking of that, uh she started out on television. Yes. Who was opposite her in Square Pegs? Pete and I love square pegs. <laughs> um, are you, do you mean like uh, who played Lauren, like her best friend? Yeah. I don't remember her name. 
Oh, I mean, you got the character. I almost wrote the character name actually. Yeah, Ooh. her best friend is Lauren. Well, mm, that should that should count. I know it, it counts. Amy Linker. Amy Linker. And Amy Linker. I, knew that, I yeah. love that character yeah. in Square Peg. She's so good. I think yeah. she's Amy so Linker's funny. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a bummer that she just really didn't go on to do anything else. Yeah, go um, go rent Square Pegs if you can, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the it. second movie SJP made with Tim Burton? I I think that besides Michael Patrick King, she's she has worked with this director more than once. So it's the other collaborator of hers. She usually just works with people so, once. So uh, Ed Wood is first, then that means Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. Yep. Oh, she was in Mars yeah. Attacks. Yes. She was. She played the Chihuahua. Or yes, she, she got yes, turned she into the Chihuahua. So right. um, SJP, Chihuahua. I know, is uh, friends with Amy Sedaris, and she has a role in the movie Strangers with Candy. Yes. Do you remember what her what she plays? What is her no. profession? I don't remember the movie as well as yeah, the series. Yeah, the movie's not as not as uh, as great as the series, but I know that she played the guidance counselor. You need to be more specific. <laughs> more specific than the guidance mm-hmm. counselor at the high school? What, at what, Flat Point High? What does Flat Point High have on oh, like on staff? Yeah, I don't remember. It's the grief counselor. The grief counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> counselor. <Okay>. So, uh, <laughs> she was in a famous uh, made-for-TV movie about Ryan White, the child who contracted uh, con- contracted HIV from a blood transfusion. She's in the Ryan White story? Who played Ryan White? <laughs> oh, I know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas. Do you yeah. remember who played his mother? Uh, yeah, Judith Light. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Quiz me on made-for-television movies from the 80s. Starring, yeah, let's go. Starring 80s it was the Ryan song, the Ryan song for, of its day. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, what year did she marry Matthew Broderick? Oof. Ooh, their kids are grown. Ago. So yeah. Yeah. Full, early ninety, full adults when they yeah. went to the full premiere adults. of Focus too. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I want to say like ninety seven, like around this time. Ninety seven. Very good. Oh wow. No. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right. On the nose. Um. I thought this one was interesting. How many Emmys in comedy series does she have for Sex in the City wins? Oh. How many Emmys does she have? How many Emmy wins for best lead mm-hmm. in a comedy? Yep. One. I want to say two. It is one. I just Ooh, assume, wow. I assume she only has one. I assumed it would be one of those things like where she won a lot. Where she just won every single year. I don't year remember that she was her nominated. winning a lot. And oh, she only won see, one. I, I feel like it was too popular that she just they would have never given it. You know to who her. you know who was winning all those years was Patricia Heaton. Sure. On Raymond, that's right. Patricia Heaton has like seven Emmys. (laughs) That's what they did. Julia Louis Dreyfus has like a hundred. Like they just give them to somebody, and as long as the show's on, yeah, for as long as they can. Candy Bergen has like a whole wing of her house. It's like you know, Judith Light held up by Emmys. Yeah, totally. But yeah, she has uh, six nominations, including the one that's the win. Um, How many? Golden Globe wins does she have? Now that's another story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Remember, it's like the Golden Globes love celebrities. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like she won for Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, shoot. So she um, only has won in uh, TV. Okay. Oh, she's only won in TV. She's been oh. nominated. A f- I think that she her only film nomination is for The Family Stone. 
Oh, interesting. She got nominated okay. for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Golden Globes. Remember, I do. I do think. I do think she it was deserving of at least a nod for something for this film, but uh, for Ed Wood. But that's uh, yeah. that's just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, TV, she won a Golden Globe. I'm gonna say she has three Golden Globes. Oh wait, did she? Did she win for or uh, Glee? No. Oh. Oh, you're really hung up on Glee. I think that I think no, Paltrow's. I think Paltrow's <laughs> like the the big episodes. the big star that's like won a that won the, yeah. that's won the won the guest Emmy. Okay, three episodes. Okay. Sarah Jessica Parker was on Glee. Wow, who knew? She was, she yeah, was some, I did not know yeah. that. Um, I had no idea. Okay, so how many it, how many Golden Globes? Yeah, how many? It is four. four. Yep. Who did you, I thought this was also no. interesting. I'd be curious if either of you two can get it. Who did she lose her first nomination for in 1999? So the first season nominations in 99, she lost to someone in TV comedy actress. Who do you think it was? This is an Emmy or this is a Golden Globe. This is a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. For best actress in a comedy, season one of Sex in the City. Yep. Put your mindset in... Like back to nineteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine television comedies. Te- television. God, I, I feel like not a lot of people remember the show, but it was very popular. Ned and, and Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's leading. It's leading lady. They were predicted that she would do more film, and it just didn't pan out. Who was her co-star on it? Uh, he's on Criminal Minds. Uh, Dharma and Greg. Yeah, it's Jenna Elfman. Jenna Elfman. Jenna Elfman. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like she was supposed to be... Wait, 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 wait. No cheers for Jenna Elfman. No! There you go. (laughs) No. no. Fuck that Scientologist. The words of Hollywood (laughs) to Jenna Elfman. But yeah, that's our that's our SJP quiz. I know okay. that uh, I know we have yet to get to I know that we have yet to get to First Wives Club. We're, oh, yeah. we're saving that yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we gotta get on. And yeah. we'll eventually be getting to the Family Stone because yes, I love how much that movie pisses off Pete. That'll be my mom's first time as guest on this show. I, I love how much it angers Pete, too. Yeah. And Pete, I watched it last uh, Christmas, angered me, too. It's a, big, a lot of lot of things about it angered me. It just <laughs> makes you so mad. Uh, I don't care if she's dying. <laughs> she's so, Claire Danes is a, Claire Danes so is a bitch in that. Anyway. <laughs> Back to Ed Wood. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for the quiz. So I was reading that Ed Wood was originally developed at Columbia and they put it in turnaround over Burton's decision to shoot it in black, black and, and white. white. Yeah. And apparently that was mm-hmm. a deal breaker. So he went back to Walt Disney Studios, which he had had sort of a working relationship with them because he used to work for Disney Animation. Yeah. And um, they were fine with the black and white. And cool. when you look back at it, like, I don't think – I think you have to make this movie in black and white. Like, I can't even yeah. picture a version of the movie that's in color. Yeah. Well, and what's really cool in rewatching that in black and white is he's so he's so intentional with how he uses the shadows yes. and the camera angles. Like there are scenes that are very much like very noir, kind of like the scene where Bella opens the door with the gun and the camera's sort of on the yeah. floor. So yeah, I, I can't imagine it. And even uh, by the way, seeing it on like high def TV, yeah, 
you see how beautiful that cinematography is and how deep all of the sets are and the lighting is beautiful. It's it's great. I think it's the first time I noticed in that soundstage that they rent that the mm-hmm. walls are lined in mattresses. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like looking yeah. up and I was like, those are match. I thought it was just like blankets or something, but it's it's lined in mattress to soundproof the room. They just like yeah. nailed up a bunch of like twin mattresses to this like to turn this warehouse into a soundstage and just like that's what they did on the cheap. And I don't think I ever noticed that before, mm-hmm. but yeah. I love how risky black and white was for its day where yeah. now, you know, like post Sin City and everything. I don't, just but like, oh, I, still, cool I still choice. feel like yeah. it's a gamble for major studios to release a movie, a major sure. studio movie in black and white. Yeah, and so, you know, it's good to see, especially a high-profile director like Burden, where he could fight for it and actually get the backing to do it mm-hmm. and then do it well. You know, that yeah. was the other thing. It wasn't just a stagnant you know, black and white film, it was, it was, you know, shot very well. Like we were saying, the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't feel like, you know, he just layered on the black and white. It felt very intentional. Like he mm-hmm. shot several scenes knowing that, you know, some things are going to be lit, some things aren't going to be lit. So I guess the trade off for that is I don't think it was really that successful. When it came out, I don't I, think no, it wasn't. It didn't yeah. make back. I don't think it really uh, made all that thing. much money. It was money. like an eighteen million, and oh, it wow. only made oh. like thirteen. Oh wow! Like but also one of those underperformers that still won both of its Oscar categories. I mean, it got Martin Landau the yeah. supporting yeah. actor mm-hmm. win, and it won best makeup. I always forget about that. I always oh, okay. forget Rick yeah. Baker did the makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rick Baker, and also I mean Tim Burton staple. Pete and I love this woman, Vinyl. Vinyl, yeah, yeah she's mm-hmm. amazing. Fantastic, <laughs> and um, and uh, and watching it last night, I recognized like how much makeup is actually yes. in the film. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, it, I mean, it's yes, Bill Murray and Vampira and Landau, but also like at one point, I I was looking at Johnny Depp. I was like, is he wearing you know, like, is he wearing yeah. like blush? But I you yeah. know I can't tell because he just he just everything looks so well. Good I, in, you in know, I wanted to comment on this is kind of i mean he's been kind of pioneering this whole like disappearing into the character and making kooky mm-hmm. choices mm-hmm. and all that but i think at this point he was still kind of going back into a little bit more of a mainstream if you will i mean there's nothing more mainstream yeah. than pirates of the caribbean but do you know what i mean like a more straight movie like i don't know what, yeah. what kind of the game and all those like was he was he even in the game? He's I not think in the, the game. Movie? That's Michael Douglas. <laughs> That's Michael Sean Penn. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, not the game. Um, are, are you thinking about Nick of Time? Nick of Time. Yeah, That's Nick of Time. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. And from like, Hell and all those. Yeah. Movies, so yeah. now we think of Johnny Depp only doing these genre pictures and doing these mm-hmm. crazy, you know, Tim Burton performances where he just loses himself in the character and all that. But at this point, he's still going kind of back and forth, and this is really kind of aside from Edward Scissorhands, one of his earlier things where. There were interviews with him on, let's say he's on Entertainment Tonight, and he's and he does that whole thing of like, well, when I was playing Ed Wood, I was really doing my best, like Ronald Reagan impression, yeah, you know yeah. that kind of stuff. And when I make about right. Crane, I'm doing Angela Lansbury, and like <laughs> all these like funny little things that he like bases a character and and bringing in these elements. Um, 
into the styling and all of that. So I think mm-hmm. this was really one of the first times that he kind of was able to create this kind of kooky um, persona and be this this over-the-top character. And he does this thing where it's Ed, as portrayed by Johnny Depp, is just this yeah. like very earnest character. He, he believes all of Criswell's predictions, you know, yeah. he just, he just, he doubts himself, but at the same time, he still kind of goes to this producer mm-hmm. and says, I can make this, uh, I changed my sex movie. Because <laughs> and I, I, what I, you know, what like, I like about him is like, and I, I re- realize this when watching, I go, you know, I've been watching this movie wrong the whole time. He's a very difficult person. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's a very mean person. He, <laughs> he can be a little pushy when he, yeah. you know, when, uh, when the, he, people just want a simple answer out of him. But I think from that, and, and Lugosi is the same way too. And so is Dolores and all the, you know, he's surrounded by these difficult people and he himself is difficult. But then from it, you know, I think that's where Depp finds the humanity in it. Right. Is being like, you know, he's he's just passionate and he wants mm-hmm. to, um, you know, bring together his friends and bring together all these outsiders to make something great. And uh, he, I love what in early interviews, Burden was like, he really did think he was making Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah. Like he actually yeah. did in yeah. every single movie he actually thought. And I think, yeah, Depp found that. Uh, humanity in him. Yeah, yeah. And like I mentioned before, definitely a script that's told from Edward's point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That these are, and and these almost are in a sense, the, you know, before, yeah, and almost in a sense, like before self-aware biopics right. came into play or came to be the norm, like it plays very much like an Ed Wood, Ed Wood is directing his right. own life, right. you know, yeah. kind of thing. And, um, yeah, cause it's like, it's a little wonky. Things are just tonally all over the place, but it still works. Like that's the, that's the beauty of a great Ed Wood film. Like even plan nine, it still <laughs> kind of works. Um, as much as you watch it, you're like, okay, there's a vision here. And it sure. has, like you said, Scott, like a point of view and it's got, we're going to go with it. So I, yeah, I think Larry and Scott did a good job with, yeah. with the screenplay with that. Their journey as screenwriters is so interesting because they did some, they did some movies. I was like, I fucking want to worship these guys <laughs> at their feet because I was like, they did man on the moon after this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, or people versus they, Larry the Flint versus and then Larry man Flint. on the moon. Like, yeah. what? And all of their movies sort of have this structure that Ed Wood that they didn't Ed Wood, especially mm-hmm. with like Man on the Moon, People versus Larry Flint, Big Eyes, yeah. that you yeah. do have these stories about these misfit characters sort of living on the living on the outside, and you just mm-hmm. sort of these these fringe characters as they kind of go about this journey, and you kind of see that yeah. path in all of their scripts. Well, what I appreciate about their take on the biography is that it's a time in their life. You know, mm-hmm. we, right. don't, we don't need to see, you know, Ed Wood going little, to see Dracula, little Eddie Jr. Little right. Eddie, little Eddie yeah. seeing Dracula yeah. in Poughkeepsie, you know, in 1938, like 
All he has to do is say, it was the first movie I ever saw. You know, we don't need all of that build up and everything. And not to say that that type of, you know, biopic is not good, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. it just, it, it works and they, they structure it really well. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, and man on the moon does that very well too, where it's like, how did this person become this person? Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, which I think is a, a really good, it, it makes for a better movie too, you know, like yeah. that point in a person's life where they find their voice and they try stuff out, they fail and then they succeed or we know what's going to happen. Like that's a, that's a much better story than little Eddie going to see Dracula <laughs> and then dying in obscurity pretty much right, yes. you know, from alcoholism, yeah, yeah. you know, surrounded by nudie porn films yeah. and in novels, his fifties. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I don't want to see that. <laughs> no. movie. And, and they see, knew that the three big and at, at his peak. Yeah. And, and they knew the three big beats that they needed to do were Glenn and Glenda. Right. Glenn, yeah. Uh, the monster. Bride of the monster, the monster and plan nine from outer space. Yeah. Like if you just asked any random yeah. cinephile, yeah. Ed Wood top three movies go. So yeah. here's my other thing about why I, I love this movie. And, um, because when when I was growing up and I got to know Ed Wood, I mean, YouTube was still there. By the way, I was born in 1994, so there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, YouTube was there. There were DVDs. There were all this. When this came out, those movies were extremely hard to find. Yeah. So I love the 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 spirit of it is like oh some people won't ever know about this these movies because they'll only come on tv or you have to catch them in a late night screening like they weren't as readily available as they are now so there's the spirit the whole time of like um introducing the audience to these movies and that's why i love the scenes where they're filming or the recreation of the scenes which i realized last night it takes up a lot of the film time but i don't care no, because yeah, it's mind. like I, these people who were watching it in 1994 probably never saw those movies so mm-hmm. they got to they had to see w- what the crap was you know that Edward yeah. was making i think for me the first time i was kind of introduced to ed wood as a filmmaker i think the first time i ever heard of plan nine from outer space was on seinfeld Sure. Like just Jerry just talking about going to a screening and it's the worst (laughs) movie ever made and I have to go. And then some, something happens in the episode where he can't, he has to cancel and he doesn't get to go see Mm -hmm. planet from outer space. And it's the worst movie. And everybody's like, why do you want to go see the worst movie ever made? And he's just like, because it's great. You know? And I'm like, what is this? And then just, you know, growing up through like the early stages of the internet and pre YouTube Mm -hmm. trying to track down things like that. And I don't think, or I'm sure it was shown in LA like screenings and revivals and things, but I never made it a point to go out and find it. And I think I finally just saw it on, you know, late night basic cable. And then ultimately when, you know, is it in the public? I think it's in public. Oh yeah. It's in the public domain. All of his movies are in the public domain. Yeah. So that's how you can fully watch Mm -hmm any of them on YouTube in right. their entirety mm-hmm. right now, which yeah. is, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think the first time I actually did see them and, and Glenn or Glenda was just like, 
that's what this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what this yeah. is. Kind of going is this a movie? Calling it that, we didn't we didn't start the episode with our first memories of watching this movie, but yeah, I remember yeah. discussing with my stepdad, Don, about film, and I think that I was probably talking to him about some magazine article that I was reading about the worst movies of all time, mm-hmm. and Don was just like, well, you know, what's kind of regarded as the worst movie of all time is Plan 9 from Outer Space, directed yeah. by Ed Wood. Yeah. And I don't think that I was really all that familiar, and then he also was just like, oh, and they made a movie with Johnny Depp. But see, that's what yeah. I mean. Like mm-hmm. people knew because I, I, I know there was the Michael Medved, the Medved brothers, not the Menendez brothers. The Medved <laughs> brothers uh, wrote a book called the Golden Turkey Awards, right. who, which deemed Ed Wood the right. worst director ever and Plan Nine the worst movie ever made. But I had no idea it was such a pop culture public yeah yeah knowledge thing until you're right like you talk to people of that generation they're like of course i've heard of plan nine but let me just say this having watched them i think plan nine is a lot more watchable than it's glenn or it's the one that goes down the easiest (laughs) and i mean nowadays Mm -hmm. um you know you watch plan nine and yes it's a b movie and yes there are goofs that are in there for the gaff squad and all of that stuff but it's like i don't know birdemic shock and awe is sure barely a movie you know there's some shit that is on <laughs> amazon Freddy prime Finger, you know what i mean yeah short the- bus is watchable yeah yeah all those movies <laughs> so it's like it, yes it's it's up there as a bad movie but it's a little bit more kitsch Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that it just has at this point, it just has this kind of like a little bit more of a cachet to be like, oh, Planet from Outer Space. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd much rather watch it than you know some uh, what is the 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 fake out movies that they make. Oh, just like the Asylum, catalog. the Asylum mockbusters. Yeah. I mean, you can find oh, it all yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's great? What's really great about Plan Nine? As opposed to movies, you know, nowadays right. and such, is that it's it's entertaining. Yes, like it's actually fun to watch, um, and it's never boring. So, yeah, I would much rather watch Plan Nine than you know another Marvel movie because you know <laughs> it's just it's just it's just really quite a lot of fun to watch those movies. But yeah. Glenn or Glenda is boring. Ooh, now, that's ooh, boring. now that's rough. do you two remember when this DVD that we watched tonight, we broke out our DVD of this. Do you remember when this ooh. this DVD came out? I remember I was working at yeah. the movie store at the time and it was a big deal was a big because deal. why was it a big I deal? I want to say the cir- the home video circulation of this movie yeah was very spotty. Yes. Like, you couldn't really track down a lot of copies of it. I think there were weird rights issues with it. And yeah. I remember for their 10-year anniversary of it in 2004, yeah. um, it was sort of a big deal that they reissued it. Right. And that is when I, mm-hmm. I think, first watched it. Right. Because I don't yeah. think that I could get a hold of it on Netflix because yeah. the DVD was non-existent at that point. No, they were, they were, Our video yeah. store yeah. did not have a copy of it on VHS. And I remember buying this movie sight unseen from Costco when I was in college. And I watched this in the dorms. Okay. So I, and I was just starting out film school at the time. So I was just like, I'm going to like watch Ed Wood. It's directed by Tim Burton. And you lucked out because as we talk about this, like golden age of the special edition DVD, 
Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot on yeah. that there's one. There's commentaries. There's like all this supplemental, you know, material on there. So it's a really great, uh, and I also DVD. feel like them telling tidbits of the making of the movie that are pretty much all just transcribed to IMDb. I think all of oh, those, yeah. I think all of <laughs> those come from, from the commentary, the commentaries, because yeah. there's the writer's commentary and then the Tim Burton one. Yes. And I remember distinctly the, the thing about the DVD was the pink. Yes. Yeah. Angora the pink sweater. and Yeah. It's black you and know, white, but she's like, handing him the sweater and it's pink. Pop, yeah. Loved it. Popping out of that. Yeah. Um, I just remember being, uh, so I saw it later. Well, no, I saw, I saw it when I was in high school. So when I was diving into B movies and, and, you know, watching creature from the haunted sea and carnival of souls and mm-hmm. night of living dead and, and plan nine, I don't think I watched plan nine first. I think I watched Ed Wood and then I watched all the Ed Wood movies. Sure. Yeah. I think that's because, probably a lot of people's um, journey because yeah. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that somebody could make a movie that was called the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it just, it just blew my mind. It just blew my mind that somebody had like unintentionally made the worst thing ever. And as an artist, it was really humbling to know yeah. that where it was just like, check yourself that you're, <laughs> you know, that you're doing the right thing. Um, so I remember seeing this movie first and it really, really had an impact because um, I was obsessed with Tim Burton from yes. a young age. I mean, yeah. I knew Nightmare Before Christmas by heart by the time I was six. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved Edward Scissorhands. I loved all of his movies. So, But this was one I kind of intentionally avoided because it was not Tim Burton-y. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, but then I watched it and I go, oh, there are four Tim Burton is. scenes yeah. in this. You know, I mean, yeah. the... I mean, just the opening sequence in the graveyard, and then you know when they go to find the octopus too. Yeah. That's very, it's very moody, atmospheric, yeah. good music, and that just, kind of thing. You know, Patricia Arquette painting the paper plates to make mm-hmm. yeah. flying saucers and all that, and that, that goes right back to Frank and Weenie, and you know, Barry right. Oliver making a movie in his backyard with his dog, and mm-hmm. and yeah. and Pee Wee's Big Adventure with you know making puppets out of oven mitts and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And just that fifties sensibility of just Tim Burton. I mean, for better, or for worse is a boomer. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. so his childhood is like the early sixties is the yeah. late fifties and the early sixties. Mm-hmm. So to him, yeah. nostalgia is, you know, yeah. And getting friends together and, and, and <laughs> making a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, um, so I, I, yeah, I really, and I remember liking, I had more respect for Tim Burton as a filmmaker after right. seeing this because I was like, he's making all these big budget movies like Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns. It's like, I was like, oh, he's only going to do Hollywood stuff. But then I saw this and I went, oh, he can, he can tell a good story. Right. Yeah. And he, and yeah, I think that's one of the strengths and one of the things that I, I like about uh, that. I wish he had more of, which is because it's a biopic. It's so constrained to a, a very linear story. Right. And he, he's not allowed to do all these, you know, tangents and, and off the wall ideas. And I think he actually works better that way. Like, I think one of the great things about the Batman movies is, you know, it How, still has to yeah. tell yeah. the <laughs> tell a story and be realistic within some, uh, you know, a, a realistic world as realistic as that can be. So, 
I, w- I, I think he does great with this. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with his casting choices. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about his casting choices. I mean, we talked about Johnny. Yeah, we talked a lot yeah. about Johnny. Um, Martin Landau, I mean, I you know what's mean, wild about Martin, Martin Landau, Landau? Is Amazing. that Martin Landau is like contemporaries with James Dean. <laughs> it's like yeah. they would have, they yeah. would have like gone, they would have gone to the same like acting schools in new york they've gone to the same house okay mm-hmm. i think he was strasburg yeah mm-hmm. i think wow. i think but yeah they they go strasburg. way back so it, it, it kind of makes me think i'm like okay so if james dean wouldn't had like passed away so young like what would, kind of roles would, could he have done? would he have like played a, ro- a role like bella lugosi when he got older maybe <laughs> well I, I i just was watching the that documentary the last movie stars the paul newman John oh i haven't Woodward. watched it yet yeah, and and remember they say like Paul Newman only became famous because James, James Dean died, died <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and I think absolutely. that Paul Newman was pretty close to getting Cal's brother in East of Eden, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. um, so. yeah. Martin Lando, I I remember at the time, you know. Uh, he ultimately did go on to win the Oscar. I he think beat he out he beat out Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and Jesus I know that Sam was is Christ. still is still pretty pissed about it. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's a it's a great performance. I know that you know according to the IMDb trivia, um, I know that there is some contention with Bela Lugosi's estate and family over the portrayal and you know he he didn't have this foul mouth he wasn't this vulgar old man (laughs) but it is funny it's funny (laughs) it's also didn't deny the heroin okay right right, yeah (laughs) you know what they said they said he did he wasn't vulgar and he didn't have little dogs but you know what? He was addicted to morphine and methadone. Yeah, right. Was, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. My father it's... never swore. Did he do heroin? He never Absolutely. swore. Yeah. I almost think that it's like Martin Landau on SNL doing a Bell Lugosi. Lugosi bit. And it totally works. Like it never. It's over it, the top Bell Lugosi, but yeah. that was his accent. That, mm-hmm. like, That's, literally yeah. vampire. Eastern European I mean, accent that people the, do doesn't is the, real. Doesn't the story and go? And, and the story of him being like buried in the cloak, that yep. was true. Yeah. And and so you're like, yeah, of course this guy probably spoke like this all yeah. the time. <laughs> and you, you, don't, you don't deny that that was who he was. And doesn't yeah. the story go of when he was cast in Dracula that he barely spoke English and he was just pretty much learning his phonetically phonetically and you know what we just did a revisit of dracula the other night for our for our like 31 days of horror and Mm -hmm. i'll say this about the movie not a movie that i love just because i think i want more of the novel and less of the play but every single moment that That lugosi is on screen yeah it's like it's incredible like that performance is so great i mean i mean objectively nosferatu is a better movie um as a movie it's a better translation of the novel yeah yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah i mean you can't deny lugosi's power Mm -hmm. and i think the night i was watching you guys were watching it i was watching white zombie oh love it they watch in (laughs) In the movie that's the one that um vampire and he's he's incredible he's so yeah. good in that yeah he's just uh, he's so and he's speaking full lines of dialogue mm-hmm. and is just creepy and awkward and and you know kind of a stalker in that one but it's great <laughs> but he's great scott 
legit, like I think we both legitimately laughed out loud when Vampire cuts to commercial and she's like, "You're watching White Zombie starring blah blah and a whole bunch of other people I don't know, I've never heard of." Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> How scary! Her just droll voice. Oh, well then, yeah. well then we have to talk about Lisa Marie. Lisa I Marie mean, as Vampire. Lisa Marie as Vampire. So good. I, and we love that they just refer to her as Vampira. Never her actual name. They never call her Myla. Nope. Myla Nermi. Nope, not, not um, Myla Nermi. She, also, she, Lisa Marie, I was looking her up today. I was like, I wish she was more famous. Me too. She was yeah. so good in yeah. this. And I was like, I feel like there's a, a, a great, great actress in there. Absolutely. Um, she's so funny and she's, so funny. In she's it. good in all of the Tim Burton role and like her brief run as his muse. Yeah, I mean she's our right, favorite. She was in Mars. She was the uh, lady yeah. alien. In she's, Mars the, Attacks, right? she's the main lady alien mm-hmm. in yeah. Mars Attacks. Um, this movie is kind of a train wreck, but we'd love her uh, fabulous ape with the with the Rachel cut in Planet of the Apes. Oh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she does play an ape with the Rachel cut, um, and she's also Ichabod Crane's ghostly oh. mother. And Sleepy oh, Hollow. That's right. That's yeah. where I know her. Yeah. I was like, she was in something else. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, she right. just has that like beautiful profile. Shout with out to our itsy bitsy teeny weeny little Sleepy point Hollow of a nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nose. Yes. I also love Vampira a blonde. Yeah, when she would mm-hmm. take the wig off. Yeah, she take I the think, wig off. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if Milo actually was a blonde at that time, but I think it's just to show the contrast that. This was a character that she played on television. Yeah. And I mean, Myla Nermi deserves a podcast episode of her own. I think there probably are several podcasts about her. I was going to say, I think um, you must remember this. Did an yeah. entire podcast There's that documentary about narrated yeah. by Bill Hader, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, buried she, in uh, Hollywood Forever. She's in Hollywood Forever yep. Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she's a very, she was a very quirky, kind of a punk rock, kind of an edgy fringe person. And I think they show that in this movie when as, yeah. when she's at the Brown Derby with her entourage of just like right. kooky, I love Oliver, kooky, I love like, Oliver, fabulous 50s, friends, fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you notice at Tiffany's party background extras? Did you like, notice that the two uh, Asian women, the twins, the twins, they're in Big Fish. They're the Siamese. Oh, twins those are the Siamese yeah. twins. That's the same actresses. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. So Good Tim Burton's got his Burton. little. Yeah, yeah, he's got his little like. He's got his little his company. Too. Yeah, his. Repertory. I love to. You know, I mean, of course, Vampire deserves her own yes. movie and series because yes. there there was a great book written about her. It was it was less a biography and more about her as you know. In America at that time, no one had seen, you know, tits like right, that on right. screen. And, yeah. you know, someone who exuded that kind of sexual energy. And especially her. someone and, that children would have grown up on at the time, yeah. watching television. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Elvira comes along mm-hmm. and then she tried. Yeah, I love the story that she tried to sue Elvira for stealing her gig and yeah. didn't, didn't and lost I love, very hard. I yeah. love they felt that they needed to put that in the, in the <laughs> credit know, text I because, <laughs> I mean, we were we were all thinking it watching the movie, and I'm glad that they at least <laughs> right, addressed it at right. the end. Yes, exactly. And the, and I forgot they put it at the end, and then yeah. when it happened, I went, "Oh, they got the right idea. Yeah. Good." Yeah. But you know, like <laughs> Myla, and I, I'm glad that Lisa Marie was able to do this. You know, in the 50s, she 
I mean, everybody has this nostalgic view of, you know, happy days in the 50s being so wholesome, mm-hmm. but there was a, you know, a subversive side to it. And, yeah. and Bondage and S&M and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff was around and Betty yeah. Page and all that. And she fully did the, you know, extreme corseting with yep. the, you mm-hmm. know, 18-inch waist and, and all that on local television in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what's, uh, you know, so I, I was in thinking about this movie, I was thinking like, you know, every, all of the characters, Ed Wood, Dolores, uh, Criswell, yeah. Vampira, Tor, are all like the, the, I, I was, I, the whole time I kept watching, I kept going like, they feel, they feel like their own movie characters. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. they feel less like people, but they were real people. Yeah. And so I started to think about like, Oh, this was, this was what Hollywood was at the time where it was like, they you have made, to be yeah. something and then multiply that by 10. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was the, the lengths at which these people went to be famous and Vampira, yeah, I mean, no one else had done what she did, but she yeah. did it so big, and Criswell, too. Like, he went on The Tonight Show. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy to see how how much these people, you know, I don't want to say they lost themselves, but how they had to, you know, really be bigger than big yeah. in order to yeah. make it in Hollywood at this time. Um, I want to talk about, Sarah, I mean, we've been talking about Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to talk I about the character of Dolores. the way she plays Dolores because yes. obviously Johnny is playing it so kind of like big in 50s and, and just mm-hmm. that very like delivery, right? And in the early scenes, she's playing it very 50s and just like overly mm-hmm. enthusiastic and all that stuff. But when it comes to the breaking point and when she reads the script... She's just like I love fuck those scenes. This, yeah. this is yeah. like oh, her, this character her, her Barbara freakout scenes. I uh, I was counting. Everyone has a freakout scene at yeah. one point, <laughs> pretty much in this movie. Because yeah. Ed has it at the end with when with the filming of Plan Nine. I think yeah. it's cute when he has his little freakout scene, though. I kind of love it with the 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 Baptist producers that are just like getting on his nerves. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But when she's just like this yeah, character she, Barbara, she, yeah, she gets pretty. Also, I don't, I mean, other than Lugosi, I mean, to hear a woman swear yeah, in sure. that movie, like, that was the thing, too, where I was, <laughs> she's like, what kind of sick fuck yeah. thinks of this? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> all right. Yeah. And I know that there's a point of contention with the real the Dolores, Dolores Fuller, yeah. that she yes. felt like, I think, the portrayal of her by SJP was a little broad, and I know that, um... She was very vocal that Sarah never reached out to me to ask me questions. Mm -hmm. I think Sarah just read the script and was just like, this is the character, and I'm not really going to reach out to the real person. I'm going which is is in the the script and on the page. She probably probably didn't have the kind of investment in it that Tim and Johnny definitely did. I mean, there's an interview with Johnny Depp talking about um, oh my gosh, Patricia Arquette's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What's uh, her name? Her name. Her name is, is Kathy. Kathy. Kathy O'Hara. Kathy. Yeah. Yes, yep. Kathy. I was like, I was like Karen. Kathy, where Kathy would visit the set. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, and she gave him Ed's uh wallet. Okay. With like social security card oh and you know ID. Because she was his it. last and, wife. Like, she like was. Keep. Yeah, she was his last yeah. wife till mm-hmm. he died. So yeah, she, okay. I think married over like twenty years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, wow, that's really cool. I mean, 
And then, and, and the, the reporter was asking him, you know, like, have you reached out? And he's like, no, but I heard she really liked it. Um, so yeah. So, so, I mean, Kathy liked it, but Dolores, well, and Dolores, I mean, Dolores in the movie is not supposed to be a good person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think she's, she's kind of the she's, she's kind of like dampening his dream. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she bit, is the yeah. only person, and we have to talk about this. You know, Ed Wood's uh, how do you, transvesticism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I would, his say, transvesti- I would say just crossdresser cross, is the word that cross-dresser, cross-dresser is the probably yep. the best mm-hmm. word now. Um, she's the only person that doesn't react or that reacts negatively mm-hmm. right. to him right. being a crossdresser. The very, you know, butch masculine uh movie producer, uh financier <laughs> yeah. guy. I love that scene. Love that guy just mm-hmm. eating a pastrami sandwich talking about the sex change movie. <laughs> I changed my sex. It's called I changed my sex. <laughs> I can't change the poster, the poster. title now. <laughs> love that it open it opens in nine weeks in Tulsa. <laughs> That's right, yeah. What do I got? What do I got? I got nine weeks in Tulsa. That's what I got. Ain't opening in L.A. So good. And just so interesting. At, at first, by the way, at first I was like, is that Danny Aiello? Right. No. Yeah, very. No, I, I was thinking yeah, the very same thing. And just so interesting that at that time, just sort of the Christine Jorgensen story and just this weird yeah. niche of yeah. movies that yeah. sell in certain areas of the country. Well, that's a whole other yeah. topic, too. Well, yeah. Regional. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that's my other niche is exploitation movies of that time. But yes, oh it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and that these were nudie-cutie films. Right. So to speak. So right. these were movies about, you know, uh, just how how much bare skin can we show and call it, call it a movie. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, These were also, this was also the era I was laughing because, you know, I, I love researching exploitation movies and B movies of this time. Mm-hmm. There were circuits where, in addition to the nudie cutie f- films, like literal movies about nudist colonies, right. there were also full on movies that were uh, women wrestling movies. Sure. And they were just like. <laughs> Full movies of just <laughs> ninety minutes. Women, of yeah. yeah, ninety minutes of just women wrestling. There's one sure. called Pin Down Girl oh my God. with Peaches. Uh, her name is Peaches, the wrestler. Oh my god! And uh, and they would just insert wrestling footage and then like film a film Got that it. was this oh, kind of like mob. So crime like a porno, but like and yeah, insert yeah. that into those movies. Well, so those it, were the things. <laughs> The interesting thing is that, like, John John Waters talks about it. Tarantino obviously talks about it a lot. But the idea of, like, almost like grindhouse movie theaters or, or yeah. niche movie theaters that would show one type of a movie. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And these not quite on the level production companies that, what does he tell Ed Wood? I need you to shoot this movie in four days mm-hmm. yeah. for, you know, X amount of <laughs> money. Roger Corman. He's yeah. like, I, I only have this amount of money and, you know, yeah. and it's opening <laughs> in nine weeks and just make, get it done. I don't give a shit what, you know, you, yeah. you make, but just make, cause they would take movie. them and then they would insert, you know, full on, sex scenes yeah. or nudity mm-hmm. or these wrestling things and then market yeah. it as a totally different picture, yes. which and was really, which was really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I think like mainstream moviegoers, the industry that we know today and for the last 
50 years is completely different yeah. than what was going on like in the 50s when there was just kind of a free for all wild just sort west of, of like I mean just like I mean selling a movie to literally directly totally. to a movie theater I mean, owner Yeah and at the time it was it, you're right Pete it was like selling directly to the theaters and the owners but also in a, I mean, in the 30s, it was very much like showmen. Like, people would travel mm-hmm. around to cities yeah. I mean, and isn't show that these what, movies. Um, isn't yeah. that what and Bob that, Shea? And then in the 50s, it just became like... With? Yeah. Uh-huh. Bob, Shea, Bob Shea from New Line would, like, drive around with, to movie right, houses with, with, pink flamingos. with pink flamingos in the back of his car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that goes back to the 30s. <laughs> but yeah, in the yeah. 50s, it became a marketing thing because they realized they could just... You know, make so much money off of the the kids and the drive-ins yeah. and all those things. So yeah. they just were selling the circuits. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's very interesting, and I, I don't know how true to fact it what it is, but everybody in the movie is either just kind of like okay, cool, or completely on board with Ed directing. In women's yeah. clothing, per, you know, acting in women's clothing in in Glen or Glenda, everybody's cool with it and supportive of it. You know, the rap party for the rap party for Bride of the yeah Monster, for Bride of the Monster. Yeah, I she, love his I love his drag show, his little drag. Show, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so cute. It's cute. And then and he has to recreate it. Yeah, and, recreate and it. it just is so like quintessential to me. This is what Tim Burton's aesthetic is. This is that cool fifties. Punk rock, rockabilly, Myla Nermy, just a, mm-hmm. a guy in a turban playing a, an electric organ with the sound off, playing it like a percussion, like a like a bongo drum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like you know, like just crazy people around, and and Johnny Depp in a in a belly dancer outfit and an angora shrug with with gloves. and that and that everyone like I. I I I almost okay. I'm embarrassed to admit I was almost like tearing up at that moment yeah. at the time because I was like, it's so nice, you yeah. know. Yeah. Where it was just like everyone is supportive. You're right. Like the only person is Dolores yeah. who doesn't like it, and it was just like, oh right, that's that's like the feeling we all want to achieve yeah. is you know being surrounded by our friends, being cheered on. Even kind of thing. the meat packer guy mm-hmm. is letting them have this yeah. party full of. <laughs> kooks and wackos and whatever right, she calls right. them, perverts or whatever you people are wasting your lives making shit you know oh my god i love her monologue i love that monologue yeah you people are insane. the way that sarah delivers the line it's the file clerk's big scene it's it's file clerk's big day hi janet so so okay so jackson get this there is something that Sarah's- by the way, by the way, there's a scene by scene comparison. There is, YouTube, yeah, it's great. And she delivers it perfect. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, so there is something that Pete always says that he's quoting, and I sometimes forget that he's <laughs> quoting the scene. And it's what's like an example of you'll. It's just like, well, like I don't know, like I'll make you know breakfast or whatever and it'll be like yeah. oh, that was really good and i'll be like of course it is of course it is <laughs> of course it was <laughs> i thought it was gonna be i heard what you said <laughs> just, i heard <laughs> you, you literally you literally can't write that I heard of a line said. where she's like but janet i know, I know. what you said <laughs> <laughs> or i heard what you said yeah yeah hi janet oh hi marge janet still on the monster hunt 
What do you think? I think the boss has been looking for you all day. Something about the police wanting those monster stories 86th. You've got the whole town in a panic. I can't hear you. I said you got I know the what you said, but I can't hear you. I get it. See you later. And cut. That was perfect. Of course it was. I mean, this is one of two things that I've ever have seen Juliet Landau in. I yeah. mean, she's in. Uh, oh my god! She's forgot. in this I, movie. I she was related. She was his daughter. Yeah. She's in this yeah. movie, like, so and also, um, she placed herself on Buffy. Those are the only yep, two things I ever Buffy. know. There yep, you go. I love the I love yeah. the Juliet Landau scenes. Loretta King. I mean, no water, no liquid, no liquids. <laughs> And that's terribly allergic. And that's just funny that like I need the money now, and she's like, "Well, then you should go get it." You should go get it. (laughs) Um, But the whole no water or no liquids thing is just so funny because it's probably something that Scott and Larry just saw, just somewhere in their research, and they're just like, "Oh, we have to put that in somewhere in the movie." (laughs) I also feel like it was in another Ed Wood film, and they just oh yeah, like an Easter egg, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this the character is very interesting because it's like it, she's playing him, but he thinks he's playing her, mm-hmm. but like she's kind of playing him a little but bit. But it's more. interesting that I think that Tim Burton talks on the commentary of just nobody really knows what the story was between them. Right. Of that I think it's yeah. two different recollections of the events. Um, well, I think Dolores has one Loretta, story and Loretta, Loretta has another story. Loretta right? has, yeah. she was under the impression, I fronted you. $300. I'm not paying mm-hmm. all of it. And that was just my investment. I'm not banking rolling the entire movie, but I think Ed Wood was under the impression she was going to pay for all of it. And yeah. it's, it, I think still probably to the day that Ed Wood died, that it was very like back and forth of just sort of different takes on the events. Sure. But I like this movie that it has to pick a side and you're obviously going to side with Ed. <laughs> like you're obviously going to side with Ed Wood. But at, but also you're <laughs> you're watching it and you're just like, well, you could have, dude, you could have double checked. Yeah, like <laughs> confirm, like, okay, so you're telling me. Like with her, like uh, yeah. she's love there. that scene. Um, oh, this, yeah, the 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 entire laboratory scene. Yeah, after we do uh, actresses, we got to talk about all the movies. But yeah, go ahead. Patricia Arquette next. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Patricia Arquette, very sweet in this role. And who would have known, just sort of all of these years later, would win the Oscar before Johnny Depp (laughs) on her first nomination. Right. Yeah. Right for boyhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she's, this character is very sweet. She she makes me cry. She she genuinely does. Like, she's just such a good actress in this part. And there's just something so pure about that. And the writing too. I mean, yeah. she's just that whole scene in the, um, the carnival ride. Yeah, is so so sweet, so great, so that, adorable. And that little bit of score when they're on that, when they get in the little car and go yeah. through the whole ride. That little mm-hmm. bit of score is so. We should good. probably mention this is and, one of the few movies that yeah. is not scored by Danny Elfman. Danny it Elfman. is Howard Shore, yeah. probably because that Danny Elfman would have probably been making nightmare at the time and probably just couldn't fit it in i think you're right 94 mm-hmm. so well, it was probably nightmare be- it was right coming well, off nightmare, nightmare came out in 93, 93. yeah yep. so 
but he 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 was i mean he was i don't know what dark man was 96 so you know he was <laughs> nightbreed man. was 98 so yeah. it was you know he was he was doing a lot of stuff post yeah. tim burton mm-hmm. um yeah kind but of but i think nightmare was very taxing on him so yeah. maybe he yeah. was just like i so need to just break. stick this one out man i yeah. will say this um when we're at the oc fair i have done the uh what kind of a ride would you like? A dark ride, like this. Yeah. This horror dark ride at the Orange County Fair. At the Orange County Fair, the dark awesome, ride. Yeah. awesome to look at on the outside. Kind of underwhelming when you're actually sitting in the car. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know the little cars that they made for this in the movie is very like a Tim Burton looking little car. It's like a weird little white ghosty face with spiral yeah. spiral eyes, and it's like one of the monsters that comes out at them looks kind of like a Beetlejuice esque kind of yeah. like creature the cars the cars look like uh, one of the penguins henchmen yes. road one in the christmas Ab- scene absolutely and, oh sure yeah, yeah, Returns. Returns. yeah um absolutely. and and it's so yeah it's just such a sweet scene and how she's you know like the other thing about what's great in the writing and the directing is we almost are like oh she's gonna she's gonna turn she's gonna kathy's gonna turn she's gonna you yeah. know turn yeah. and not like him and and no she's she with, him. with him and, and yeah. it's kind of a relief because then the movie suddenly shifts completely to him yeah. like the the entire movie is about edward with other people yes until you know bella dies and then yeah. suddenly it becomes about edward on his own so it's this it's this beautiful thing about him trying to find companionship and then realizing that he's he's himself, you know, he well, needs to be with himself, which is great. It's in that third act when yeah. they get the financing from the Baptists yeah. who want them all to be baptized. And they're in a pool <laughs> yeah. in a backyard, probably somewhere in the valley. And, you know, uh, Bill Murray is Bunny Breckenridge gets dunked and he walk you know he's swimming over to ed and they're sitting there against the side of the pool and he says <laughs> yeah. how do you do it how do you get all your friends to get baptized <laughs> yeah exactly so and make a movie and it's like that's it that's what this yeah. movie is yeah you know that's and i think in about it, that yeah i don't think that line is in the tra- is that line in the trailer i don't think that scene's in the trailer and i think today I think, so. I think today that would like lead the trailer you know what I oh, mean? Like sure. that's yeah. that's yeah. it. That's the movie right there. It's like, yeah. how do you do it? Like you just love making these shitty movies mm-hmm. and all these people. And I think that's what is so cool about it. And I, I don't know if it's just Tim Burton's because he does this as well. Keeps this kind of repertory yeah. of actors and behind the scenes people, his cinematographers he works with, time editors, and time again, yeah. editors, mm-hmm. all this stuff. You know, and we see that in this movie. We see, you know, the two cops that are with him mm-hmm. from yeah. the shitty play yeah. at the very beginning that are with him all the way through, you know, and, and they, who and who stayed with him by the way, yeah. like through his his uh later movies were in yes. Jailbait yeah. and Night of the Ghouls. Yeah, I forget what's uh what's his Paul name? Paul Marco, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul yeah, Marco Paul and Marco. Conrad yeah. Brooks. Yeah. 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 And he plays, by the way, in all of his Ed Wood movies, he plays the same character name. The cop? And you, yeah, the cop, yeah. <laughs> officer, officer something. Who just doesn't want to the be there? same character name, literally the same name in every movie he plays. I love that. Bread and Monster and, and yeah. uh, Plan 9 and then Night of the Ghouls and Jailbait, yeah. Oh, my God. I looked it up. I was like, wait, 
Wait, he's playing the same character. Yeah, yeah. Max, Max Casella. Max Casella. And uh, Brent so. Hinckley, Max Casella from, uh, from Doogie, Doogie Hauser. Hauser. Yeah. 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 Vinny Del Pino yeah. from Doogie Hauser. Cutie. Cutie Patootie. Yeah, yeah, little short king Max Casella. Uh, um, uh, I mean, we... We don't have to talk too much about Jeffrey Jones, but yeah, amazing, sure. mm-hmm. <laughs> problematic as yeah. Jeffrey Jones is. Um, I love the character of uh, of the amazing Chris, Chris Well. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, we're breaking news. Why is Jeffrey Jones? Oh, oh. are you not familiar? Jeffrey okay, Jones. You, we we won't yeah. bring it up here. We'll we'll look mm-hmm. it up. Okay, afterwards. okay, all right. Do a okay, Google search yeah. on Jeffrey Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in this. Mm-hmm. He's in Sleepy Hollow. He's. Uh, Principal, well, no, I know Jeffrey Edward. Jones. No, but yeah, yeah, for, I don't for know listeners, why he's yeah, yeah, no, no, for 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 listeners, um, oh, for list. yeah, he's uh, he's in this movie, and um, we 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 won't go into it, but you can look it up. Okay, okay, um, right. okay. listeners, uh, but okay. also uh, like we said, Bill Murray playing a and, character, yep. Bunny Breckenridge, Bunny Breckenridge, who is really funny in Plan Nine from Outer Space, but mm-hmm. like kind of very. Like, <laughs> would you say it's unintentionally funny this character? I, I would I would say, you know, why no one's done her on Snatch yeah. Game, I'm really That's good. Rue yeah. would get it. Yeah, Rue would really get it. Upset about. Yes. Very upset that no one's done. Oh yes. Plan nine, the resurrection of the dead. Like no one's ever done that because when all. you watch mm-hmm. plan nine the character is very you know prissy and just kind of you know it's it's that character but when you see this movie you're like oh okay and bill murray is playing these scenes like he's improvising yeah. every scene they feel especially <laughs> yeah go ahead scott i was gonna say yeah. especially the scene with everybody in drag in the hallway in the hallway it's, like, it's just like oh they just like they just like you're wearing heels. They just filmed and, all of this. You sparkle. But then there's that scene. I love the scene where he's at his dressing table and he goes, "Glitter." I, <laughs> s- I think I should wear glitter. They love it when I sparkle. Glitter. I'm like, I feel like Tim Burton was like, just, just go yeah. talk, talk something. They love it when and I the sparkle. Same, and the same with when he's when he's pulling himself up on Johnny Depp in yeah. the pool. Yeah, it's so elongated. I was, I'm, tr- I was like looking like, is this? They just let Johnny the camera Depp? go yeah. on Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when when he's in the when he's in the when they're in the hallway and Johnny Depp's getting chewed mm-hmm. out. By the producer, and he's like, and you, they're gonna love you. You look. Who does he say she looks like? He says you look like Peggy. You look like Peggy Lee. Peggy yeah. Lee. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're gonna get cast. Yeah. <laughs> All that seems like, and I don't know if that's just Bill Murray, where just everything seems like he's making it up on the spot, or maybe he is because he's yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, but but he does it very. He does it very sensitively. Yes. It's not. I don't think there's anything offensive about it. No. No, yeah. it's yeah, very, it you know, it, it, and and in reading the the book mm-hmm. Nightmare of Ecstasy, um, yeah, it sounds exactly like sure. who yeah. that guy was, mm-hmm. you know. But but yeah, it, and, and and nothing in the script is problematic about his yeah. portrayal, and he's not a tragic character. So, he's no. not, yeah, you know, I'm 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 queer, and I yeah. don't want to be. Um, and yeah. there's no so, whole, and there's no monologue about like his family like disowning him, <laughs> right? Which I feel which, like, thank God, which I feel not, like you yeah. could have easily gone down directions in the script, and kind of leading to that, that when you revisit this movie now, especially with mm. its themes of. I mean, they used the word transvestite, which would have That's been right. that would have very common in the 50s, yeah. because trans really hasn't been in like the public 
lexicon. I mean, just a man like, dressing in women's clothing, yeah. you would call a transvestite all the way up to like mm-hmm. the 2000s, you know? Like, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rocky I mean, Horror. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean there I, you go. I feel like what Ed Wood is doing is a form of drag, but it's not, he's not doing it in a performative way. It's not an art form. It's just, like you said, how and he feels comfortable. Kind of, also that. just kind of this, uh, this, I mean, no one really talks about like a good old fashioned cross dresser anymore. <laughs> that, that no, was, you're it's, absolutely it's sort of, right. Because, because Ed because isn't those... even Ed's not even trans. It's yeah. he is a no, no, he and he straight, never and yeah. he he went he literally went to his grave saying like I never wanted to be a woman. I just yeah. liked women's clothing, and and I think he says it in the movie. He's like, I like the feel, the of, feel it. of it. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. closer when I'm with and Johnny would. That. When he's wearing the sweaters, he would often just like kind of just feel, yeah, it, feel yeah. The, the angora. What is angora? Angora is like a it's what a it's it? a fur. Yeah. It's a well, fur well, doesn't he, of, does he say that it, it comes yeah. from like special rabbits? Oh, does he say is there a line in there? Okay, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a line in the movie. rabbits. Okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, just but, like a, but yeah, it's a I mean yeah, there's nothing problematic <laughs> about <laughs> it, which is really in a good way like shocking. Uh, for a yeah. film from 1994, um, but but at the same time there was nothing in his childhood. You know, his mother wanted a daughter, right? So she would always dress him in women's clothes, and so that was how he unwound at the end of the day. Yeah. Like he would just that made him feel comfortable, and that was it. Yeah. And I love. I also love the callback <laughs> in in the movie where they're like. Wait, so you're a fag? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just like, like, no. Or, yeah. or, or, or Kathy I think, goes, I think, like, I think, so you don't like sex with him? And he's like, oh, no, I love sex yeah. with him. I think that, I think Vampira. <laughs> when asked, my, when Vampira says, yeah. I thought you were a fag. But, and he's not, but he's never like ashamed or anything by it. He's just like, oh, no, no, no. He's, and he's glad to correct you. He's like, right. no, I, I love women. You know, um, and then with Bunny, when he's sitting there telling, they're sitting in the middle of a wrestling match, and I said bye bye penis, <laughs> and and Ed's just like great, you good know? for you, yeah. And, you know, Dolores is like keep it down, we're at a wrestling match, you know, and and later on, Tor. I think it's at the at the rap party. Tor's like, yo, Bunny, like, how's it going? I, I yeah, how was your thing? I heard yeah, you're becoming your a lady. He's like, <laughs> and he's I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And he goes, but these men. Yeah. It's <laughs> Mexico was a disaster. That's right. It was a disaster. <laughs> the surgeon. It's so good. Was a quack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. It's 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 fine. It's yeah. fine, listeners. It's fine. Now, when you go back and watch Glenn or Glenda, that's not that, fine. No, I I feel like there's some rose-colored glasses about the quality of Glenn or Glenda from the portrayal in this movie. Too. Oh no, 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 no! Completely, yep. a thousand yeah. percent, yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. Because I remember watching Glenn or Glenda, and I after seeing this movie, and I was like, this is a very different movie because. There's a lot of deeply problematic transphobic things that are in there about you know uh, a man you know a man like the suicide and, and right uh, you know being trans is a choice and you have to choose between it and Glenn chooses you know Glenn and yeah. instead Glenn yeah. like it's it's horrifyingly <laughs> problematic yes yeah yeah. But I mean, you know, this is this is our this is our our filmed version of you know of the yes. <laughs> so. yeah. 
they chose they chose the one good the oh I love I love the recreations of the scenes in Glen or Glenda when they're mm. when they're out on the street when they're out on the street but then also Sarah Jessica Parker just sitting oh, yeah. like this and she's like Glen I forget <laughs> but maybe we can work this out <laughs> together like it's so good <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I love when they're just like, it's a stormy night and they're in bed and he's talking about Orson Welles and she just, she gets up cause it's just early and she's just like, I'm just getting up. She's in the closet. Where's my sweater? And I love that, that delivery. And she just goes, I can never seem to find any of my clothes anymore. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> and he turns around. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good. Well, which leads me to Orson Welles in sure. this movie. Sure. I mean, yeah. so I always, I always misremember uh, the Orson Welles scene being in Bordner's. Bordner's, yeah. But it's it is across Mo- the street at Moose and Frank's. Moose and Frank's. Oh yes. And yeah. I think yeah. sitting in the booth that Leo and Al Pacino are sitting in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Maybe. I think. Well, it, that I think it's that booth. So our our little thing is that Bordner's, the bar where he is first yeah. in, where he walks out of the bar and sees right. Bella Lugosi in the, in the coffin. This is a, a real bar in Hollywood that exists yeah. to this day. It's right across the street from wow. Listeners. It is right across the street from wow. World of wonder, yep. uh, production studios you that see. produces RuPaul's drag race. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bordner's is uh, Scott and I have kind of been obsessed with this bar because it's, I love Bordner's it's in Ed Wood. It's a classic LA Hollywood, classic Hollywood bar. bar. I want to yeah. go. And when I come visit y'all, we're going, we're, we're taking yeah, those you. booths. It has a, all yeah. those booths are still there, um, and it looks very similar. and And we can go. It's right off a. It's right off a train stop. You can just walk. It's right on on the Walk of Fame, and a, and the the storefront where Bella Lugosi is in a coffin. That storefront is there, but it's not a coffin store. I don't know what right. it's probably. I don't a, even. I don't even think it's anything. It's probably a head shop now because. Um, yeah, things are either things are either head shops or souvenirs <laughs> on, or or stripper clothes. But you on see Hollywood the Boulevard. gate. You see the gate that leads into the club right behind Bordner's. There is mm-hmm. there is a nightclub that's behind it. The building's kind of funky. It's on a side okay. street. It's not on Hollywood Boulevard. Anyway, yeah. across the street from there is Musso and Frank, which is another historic Hollywood restaurant. Musso and Frank has been open for oh over a hundred oh years since like. Since the 20s, 20s, right? 20s, yeah. Moose and Frank is a type of restaurant that the servers have been there. Oh, they've been there for for years. 50 years. Yep. (laughs) Right? Probably fully driving like Mercedes, too. Yes. The servers that work at Moose and Frank drive Mercedes. They're old Mexican men, and they make probably pull in 100K a year just because. It, the type of restaurant this is, it's got this reputation. It's a Hollywood institution, and it's a thing where if you go in there more than once, they remember your drink, they remember your order, all this stuff, and they've been yeah. an institution. You cannot become a, a waiter there because you literally have to wait for someone to die. <laughs> and it's across, Once you exit Bordner's and turn to the right, you see Mousson Frank. Um, and, yeah. and so that is where uh, he has his interaction Apocryphal, maybe, with <laughs> with Orson Welles, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, voiced right. by Maurice LaMarche, voice actor extraordinaire. Oh, listeners, you rem- you may remember him as the Brain, Pinky and the Brain, from Pinky yep. and the Brain. Yes. Pretty much doing, like, pretty like, much doing I that character. Know that it was. I, I'm learning just now that it was. Yeah. 
acted and then yeah. voiced. That's it's not amazing. Maurice LaMarche is not credited in the movie, but okay. when you listen to it, it is literally the brain from Pinky and the Brain, who which yeah. is just an Orson, brain. just an Orson Welles impression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Maurice Maurice LaMarche is an incredible voiceover actor. He is clinically insane. Uh, if he, as, as most voiceover as guys most, are. most yeah. voiceover guys are, I uh, I own the uh, box set of the Critic television series. Who's he in the Critic? Several characters on the critic. He's okay. a lot of characters on the critic. Um, I've never and, seen the critic. I oh, gotta, with, gotta, oh, you need to watch yeah, the critic. You'd with, love it. Um, with uh, jo- with John Lovitz. Yeah, it's great. It's oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Jay Sherman. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's a very interesting show. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio looks very much like yeah, very much, like Orson especially Wells. a young Vincent a young D'Onofrio. yeah, a young yep. D'Onofrio and a young Orson Welles. This fifties yeah. time period, um, but it was I don't know. I wonder if they just hired him based on the look and maybe sure. I don't know after the performance. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how how yeah. that that shook out. But what's what's interesting about that is that. I kept looking up, you know, did that actually happen? No, no, it no. never happened. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun scene happened. of the movie that yeah. the greatest yeah. director of all time is, and his idol and who he's is like patterning his mm-hmm. career after. But I thought, that. but I thought that was a really, a really great move yeah. by, you know, Larry and Scott in the mm-hmm. screenplay where it was like, so, okay, now it's becoming a Hollywood fantasy. He needs, yes. you know, where it's like yes. I get to meet my hero. He I needs get to, to have his talk, talk with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind mm-hmm. of turns the the tide on Act Three, and it goes into right, this montage. Right. This amazing montage of incredible. Sh- oh yeah, incredible. Yeah. Seeing all of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, so good. And you know what you. Jackson mentioned at the beginning of this movie, it starts off with Criswell, which is a recreation of. Mm-hmm. Is it the beginning of Plan Nine? Criswell, yes, the beginning of Plan Nine, the little mm-hmm. the little yeah. miniature yeah. house and all that. Greetings, my friends. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's the beginning and of Plan Nine. Yeah. We get the amazing credit sequence, but we get a miniature Hollywood. Hollywood, a miniature mm-hmm. version yeah. of Hollywood. Yeah, and fake we also, Hollywood. We also get it at the end mm-hmm. when they cut from the Pantages, and it's a really seamless cut. Yeah, it's it goes a beautiful from, cut. It looks really yeah. nice. Beautiful mm-hmm. cut. Yeah, yes. because it goes up. And, and I and I had and I rewound it because I was like, "Is the crowd CGI?" Yeah, like, we were like, "Where you is know, it? What's going yeah. on?" It's yeah. the marquee. I think it's the marquee because they can recreate yes. the marquee in one size and then do a forced perspective right. and, all and then that. and then the, yeah yeah um and you know we're like there's a hollywood tower hotel and there's like all this stuff but all of that stuff is in ed what you know he did create these miniatures of hollywood with mm-hmm. burning paper right. plates and all that stuff so it's just this very like meta and also kind of and also nod kind of movies. meta to i mean the opening shot of beetlejuice yeah. So oh, true. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The, the well, flyover of the town. Yeah. yeah. Timber, I remember, I mean, I remember watching, being, you know, in my room watching, like, my VHS of, of Edward Scissorhands thinking, Tim Burton opens all of his movies this way with this flyover of the credits. Yeah. 
Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice. They all have a flyover Mm -hmm. of something with the credits and the camera Mm -hmm. just panning over everything. And I remember being like a teenager thinking, oh my God. Batman Returns. Yeah, Batman Returns. Yes. Yeah, Batman Returns. Yeah, because it's in the the, um, the zoo. The park. Yeah, Yeah, the Central Mm -hmm. Park. Well, not Central Park. But yeah. So um, very, you know, just these Tim Burton-y little touches, but adding the Ed Wood quality mm-hmm. to it with, you know, the miniatures. But, but, it, but it fits. It, like, that's yeah. the thing. That's what I loved about watching this movie was I was like, oh, it fits Ed Wood. You yes. know, yeah. like it, yes. it fits the, the... And that's why Tim the, is so good for this material. Right, right, right. Which it seems like a perfect match. Yeah. Did you guys read who before. the original director was for this movie? Wasn't it the guy who did Heathers? Yeah, it's Michael Lyman. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah, he's right. he's on this somewhere as a producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I noticed yeah. his name, and I was like, Michael Lehman. What? Oh. I think it was because he weird... worked because he worked with Burden, and he basically handed off the. It was oh, a weird okay. scheduling conflict okay. with uh, Airheads. Oh. oh well, both didn't do. Well, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and maybe go. something that Tim Burton was always intending to produce. Sure, and he just stepped yeah. up to the plate to direct it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, who uh, who else who else was I mean everyone in the cast was fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, you know they got a uh, a professional wrestler for Tor Johnson, right? And, who is great, George, like, George the Animal, George Steel. Animal Steel. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said though, these characters, these these people in the fifties had these personas that were just right. kind of extensions of themselves. And George the Animal Steel, when you look at pictures of Tor Johnson and Edward it looks like you it can't looks tell. like it looks like him. you can't oh, tell completely, who's who completely. it's insane yeah yeah um they yeah the casting is just so like spot on with with everybody um it uh, the the meat packing guy who uh producer who gives the money that is Rance Howard. Yeah, Rance Ron Howard. Howard's Howard. Rance Howard and then <laughs> Judy Spradling is the is the uh one of the ministers of the church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Judy um, Spradling, one of the best uh angry white guy character actors from the nineteen eighties, <laughs> in my opinion. Um yeah. I, oh, by the way, real quick about Tor Johnson. I, for listeners who want to explore more B movies, sure. Um, Tor did have a film career okay. after Ed Wood, and made some really terrible movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> he worked with a movie. He worked with a director that is actually worse than Ed Wood. Ah, uh, Coleman Francis. Okay. On uh, a movie called Beast of Yucca Flats, which is okay. actually unwatchable. Oh, so I highly recommend people watch the Mystery Science Theater version. Oh, of that. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not, the, not the unedited. Not the real version. So <laughs> okay. yeah. there's, there's something about... I mean, when you go to Wikipedia and you look at like lists of movies that are considered the worst of all time. Yeah. You know, some of them are... Unwatchable. Um, some of them on there have some kitsch value. The, you know? I mean, the the IMDb bottom one hundred. The bottom, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, movie forty three. Movie right up there. Hottie, yeah, my Hottie and the naughty. Hottie and the naughty. Yep. Hottie Manati, <laughs> yeah. Freddie Got Fingered. Cats. Yeah. Uh, Waterworld. 
See, Waterworld is fine. I kind of like. I kind of like Waterworld. It's fine. It's just a bad. It's just a bad movie. It's the worst of all time. It's just not good. It's just not good. Like, yeah, yeah. But there are some. Like you know, like Manos, The Hands of Fate is barely a movie. Yeah. Oh my god, that's the worst. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, that's actually the worst. That's actually the worst. Birdemic. Birdemic, 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 Troll Two, Birdemic. I'm always like, I feel like that. That I feel like Birdemic is like, you knew what you were making, you know. I think there's no Manos, uh, the Hands of Fate. On that is unwatchable. Yeah, can barely make it through. And And I think sixty-one minutes. Sorry, is Manos sixty-one minutes? I love, six, I love that. Six, six, I think for, I think Birdemic is that thing where it's like if there's people over and you have some wine. And yeah, honey, yeah. You know, smoke a joint, yeah. watch Birdemic. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's some, Man, it's some Vietnamese, some food. Vietnamese food. They'll never <laughs> talk to you again. Oh no! Ever. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, and so you know the the the. I'm sure the, the the weird Tor Johnson movie. Jackson, I thought that you were going to talk about the the bisexual porn star Thor Johnson. Thor Johnson? Oh, There's a yeah. bisexual porn star named Thor Johnson? Oh, my God. Oh, are you is not there, familiar with Thor Johnson? No. Is there? Oh, oh, yeah. Look him up. We have to go to Twitter for this yep. one. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Kids, look up Thor Johnson, not Mano Sands, <laughs> mm-hmm. please. And there also is a Mystery Science Theater of Menace the Hands of Fate. So that's probably... Yes, which is one of the funnier episodes. So I... I highly recommend that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have you not seen that? Have you not seen the... I've never the seen it. Mystery Science Theater? I, I, I have. I've, I've seen... I feel like okay. I've seen like half of it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, we're... Wow. Scott and I are the kind of people that give shitty movies a chance. I don't mind Damn. a Sharknado Love a Sharknado. <laughs> I don't. Um, what what is this? Steve Gutenberg did um, a Lavalanchula. 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 Yep. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you know, fifties and sixties B movies, the kinds of things that like Elvira's watching in in, Mist- in Mistress of the Dark, and you know. Yep. Uh, MTV would make bumpers like kind of like parroting B movies and giant right. giant spiders, and they talk about yeah. that. you know big mm-hmm. you know Bela Lugosi talks about like oh giant insects and all that stuff, and like now we have these asylum movies and these sci fi channel movies, and I am mm-hmm. te- I am telling you they are unwatchable, unwatchable, and they're, so and, and, that's, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier where it's like. They're just not enjoyable. Like, you know, Manos... They're just boring. Yeah, I mean, Manos, yes, is the worst movie ever made. It's very boring. But you're like, you know, this was someone's vision. Yeah. For the- <laughs> Someone <laughs> said, like, okay, that, is a, right, that is a centaur. They right got there. a good idea or an idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's my problem with movies like the sci-fi originals and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah you're right. They're just not fun to watch. No. And I'm like, what? what's the point of watching them if you're not going to have fun? Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, Ed Wood lives on and, and all these mystery science theater movies live on. They're just, and Roger Corman movies, they're just so fun because they're so silly. Yeah. And you're, and you're watching, laughing, going, like, people spent, you know, money yeah. to, to make this. And then you watch something like Birdemic and you're like, Oh my ooh, God! People ooh. spent money yeah. on this, <laughs> and it looks like it's they spent not, no money on it. You know, yeah, or no money. You're just like, oh my God! And they, 
real, you know, there was a craft services table for this. This yeah. sucks. You know, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah. I think the Ed Wood movies, intentional or not, he took these chances, you know? Yeah. So we had right. these people like Myla and Tor and Bella Lugosi and reasons to yeah. watch them. Whereas, you know, you, you know, you see these asylum, transmorphers. Well, doesn't, <laughs> well, also it's, what are they, I mean, they going to give me, De- I think Debbie Gibson, I mean, like, I think as far on. as, I think as far as these, <laughs> these terrible movies go, Edward, Ed Wood wasn't a tour. Like there was an Ed Wood style. Yeah, he was. That he sort was. of yeah, whenever you're watching a movie yeah. from this time and you just are showing it, you know, oh, this is an Ed Wood movie. Mm-hmm. And you can't well, and you can't say that yeah. about a lot of a lot of no. like directors of bad movies. Yeah, yeah, because Roger Corman didn't have it. Coleman Francis, who did BCA Flats, he was an auteur because he was awful. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ed Wood, it was like found footage, recycled things. Pretty inconsistent, yeah. very stilted dialogue, um, you know, shoddy special effects. Yeah, narration. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah, that that became, that was interesting, like, because we think about bad movies yep. now or how we judge bad movies mm-hmm, like yeah. we've been talking about. And we judge them based it's on all that. The, it's all the credentials that were in one of these old Ed Wood movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Versus, you know, and I think people get confused with movies of this era and then cliches, which became, you know, more prominent in like made for TV movies and all that in the seventies and eighties. So people were like, Oh, if it's cliche, it's bad. Right. And then you see an Ed Wood movie and you're like, Oh no, this is actually real bad. bad. I I think the idea of like, Hey, I could make an entire movie on stock footage. Yeah. Completely. I love that. Completely. I, I, I love that scene. I love that, it. Of, I that, love of it. that old guy showing him that that's, footage. That's fucking smart, man. Like he's using yeah, and he, what he's got. And then he gets an idea yeah. when he's watching that. He's like, suddenly there's a storm. <laughs> he's just he's just like creating the film on his own. When he okay. said, wait, yeah, go ahead. When he says, yeah. there's mysterious explosions and it's scaring it's all the scaring buffalo. all the buffalo. <laughs> The, that's also not that's the also buffalo. a really that's also a really good scene of just the screenwriters like building their world of that yeah. they have a relationship right. absolutely that he like, goes who he, he goes and looks yeah. at all of the stock he's footage just, that just comes through yeah. this studio he's just like, a pa worker. he's just yeah. a pa at universal lugging shit back and forth <laughs> by the way when you watch plan nine there's there's that great scene where the military is called in, yes the military and there's just stock footage <laughs> of things and it cuts to the general and he's obviously on a sound stage yeah. with a sheet behind him with binoculars, <laughs> and then a guy just walks on, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that kind of thing." <laughs> um, what kind of what what are the so bad it's good movies you you two like? Oh, jeez, oh, I feel we like can recommend to listeners. Yeah, oh, I feel like there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> no, I know, me, I know. Let me think, or, or I guess the first ones that come to our mind, because yes, I have a lot too. Oh gosh! Why? Okay, why don't you start? And that's gonna like throw okay. throw us our our way. Well, Plan Nine, I recommend if people haven't seen. Yeah, watch Plan Nine. I also recommend um, smoking a joint or taking an edible and watching Reefer Madness. Mm, okay, um, w- that's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. And then there's a movie from the sixties. Mystery Science Theater did it. Um, 
but I love it on its own. It's called The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's almost... And th- I mean, that's like sleazy, terrible, mm-hmm. awful, yeah, very shoddy, but still has has some pretty interesting moments in it. So I, I would like those, yeah. I mean, can I say, like, I Saw Who Killed Me? <laughs> the Lindsay Lohan. Oh, my God. The, the Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, Lohan stripper movie. Stripper horror movie. Engrossing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a horrible film. Oh, um, okay, Pete. Pete, do you remember going to see um, the Boy Next Door opening day with Jennifer Lopez? The Boy Next Door, yeah. We saw the, oh, the Boy no. Next Door opening oh, day. No. I mean, I feel like if there's any time to see that in the theater, op- like opening Friday, opening night, fr- yep. like full theater. That has my favorite moment in cinema history. Oh, I know, I know exactly history. what moment you're where, talking about. Is it uh, well where where she pulls out the Bible and oh. she says? It's the, oh, Od- it's the Odyssey. Day. Oh, the Odyssey. Oh, the, Odyssey. The, Odyssey. the Odyssey. That's right. The it's Odyssey. It's a first it's edition. Like, it's a first edition. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's right. It's the Odyssey, not the Bible. Yeah. It's the first edition of the Odyssey <laughs> <laughs> on papyrus. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Other ones? Yeah, Other ones? I mean, oh, gosh. What? I mean, I okay, so I mean, I feel like this movie is so played out that it's just been talked about to death, but I mean, it is kind of a standby and okay. a movie that's so bad that it's good. And I remember when I first moved to LA going to a screening of it, mm. I mean, it's The Room. I mean, I know that it's oh. kind of a basic answer, no, yeah. but I remember you saw it when it came out. I remember the heyday of those oh, revival screenings. screenings at the Sunset the Five, screenings. where oh, they would play God. it on what? every single fucking theater at the Sunset Five. Yeah, and Tommy would go every single month. And do the Q and A's okay. there? Like it would always be sold out. I remember I tried to take you once, sold out. Didn't make it. I yeah. think I only went once when I first moved here with my friend Christine, and we made it in. And yeah, like it was a blast, like seeing it in a full theater. Like everyone, yeah, the best. Yeah, I mean, for something like that, I mean, they tried to make something like that happen with Cats, and it just didn't quite stick. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah with the rowdy screening. Yeah, and it just, and it just, it, yeah. it just didn't really feel organic you gotta let you yeah you gotta let it evolve by itself the room did that reefer madness did that you know all those movies did that yeah um i think scott and i uh really like stephen king's sleepwalkers sure I, I think written and directed by Mick Garris. Mick right? Garris, yeah, you're absolutely right. Walkers yeah. is that was pretty un- crazy, unintentional, right. but yeah, <laughs> callback, callback. Yeah. yeah, that would be a, that would be a good one to watch this month. We it would. Re- yeah. We need to revisit it. That, yeah. that, I, I should watch that. That's very sex heavy. I remember there's it's, a lot. Of it's very sex well, it. and absolutely. also also that has the Borg Queen in it. It has Alice Krieger, the Borg mm-hmm. Queen, who I love. Um, mm-hmm. Scott and I are apologists for the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Oh yeah, love them. Oh, amazing, amazing, you know, great. Yes, I would gladly yeah. watch those yeah. on a Saturday afternoon anytime. Oh, also, um, Fair Game with Cindy Crawford. Oh, so good. My God, yeah. so good. I remember Fair game is amazing when amazing. the houseboat blows up. I remember. <laughs> laughing so hard we, like i had tears coming down my stop. face we had to yep. stop that shit we were like are you fucking <laughs> kidding me right now oh my yes God. yeah 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 so good so i know I mean, there's see there's a lot of there's a lot of movies like that's where i get into 
arguments with people about like the So Bad's Good movies, where it's like the innocence of Ed Wood movies is so great. And like I think up until at least the seventies, there were people making those kinds of movies yeah, where it was sure. like, you know, they were like, We have a very low budget, but we're still gonna make a movie about it. Yeah. Um and then in the seventies it was like you could get yourself financed for anything and into the 80s and 90s too was like someone could write you a check and you could make a big budget movie and then pad around the bad sides of it with like CGI yeah. I or mean, big set pieces yeah. and yeah it, so there's something so pure about the Ed Wood era and the Roger Corman era too I it's mean, just yeah. like those guys made movies for you know in five days I mean the, uh, yeah. the uh, canon films from the eighties. The canon, the canon the can- films. Yeah. 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 Oh, we. Uh, I. I really like. Um, what is the Star Wars knockoff with with John Boy? Battle of the Star. Battle Beyond. Battle Beyond, Battle beyond the, Star. the Stars. Beyond the Stars. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's a whole. That's a whole genre of like bad movies. Is all of the movies that tried to rip off Star Wars after seventy right. seven. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Battle Beyond the Stars had like uh, it's like. Score by James Horner. Yeah. Early James Horner score. Uh, Jim Cameron, I think, worked on it. Yeah. It's got um, Breakfast at Tiffany's and uh, A-Team. George Papard. Oh, George Papard. George Papard. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God. Also, I mean, he would have been a big... He would have been a big... Gorgeous George Papard. He would have been a big... He would have been a big gig because he was a... I mean, he was a pretty big TV star yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, A-Team. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge. So, yeah, I'm I love... I'm sure Breakfast at Tiffany's. That made me gay, but... Oh, my that's just goodness. Me. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I like the purity of the older movies mm-hmm, before it's mm-hmm. special effects and yeah. stunt casting, and and I also hated in Hollywood in the eighties and nineties where they were like, we just need to make this movie because it's this person. You know what I mean? It's like they, were, you know, like the Kevin Costners yeah. and the, this where they were like, we're just going to do it to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I like the purity of of these like Plan Nine and. Bride of the Monster, where it's like we're just gonna, we're just gonna, just gonna throw shit out a wall and yeah. see what happens. Right, <laughs> and then because they were like, we want to capitalize on what everyone else is doing. Like, we want to make a blockbuster movie. Yeah, and uh, and God, they were just so misdirected. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Sometimes, sometimes we'll find a movie and we're like, oh, this is going to be great because so-and-so's in it. But it's still, I don't know, like uh, Joan Collins and The Bitch. Yeah. And like we're like, oh, let's watch Joan Collins and The Bitch. This is going to be great. And then, <laughs> we, great. and then we watch Joan Collins and The Bitch and we're like kind of falling asleep and we're like maybe yeah. we'll finish this tomorrow because they're just bored. That was, that was, I think, me dozing off during prom night last night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That like I know that oh, the original, I know, the original, I know yeah. that like horror yeah. gays love this movie, but I think it's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. But that's the thing. It's like we're going to capitalize on making these stars yeah. stars, yeah. you know, or we're going to make these people big stars because they're in a horror film or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then it just doesn't become fun. It's you know, um, I also hate when actors and directors later would dismiss movie the earlier movies because that was mm-hmm. the thing about ed wood and roger corman was they were like yeah we made shit and you know that's we had a good time doing did. it yeah. yeah directors now are like you know oh i had to make that movie in order to make what i wanted to and mm-hmm. 
I don't like that sort of rise to glory, false narrative kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something about a B, a B movie from the, the 50s or the 60s. That's yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also about. how, wh- what's great about the film is it shows how hard it was to make them. Sure. Those yeah. kinds of movies, you know, yeah. like just setting up the sets and I love where they had to break in to get the octopus. Like, oh, you know, that kind of meeting with filmmaking, meeting with, but also how long it took, you I know, mean, and meeting with financiers. And there's something that people right. just usually don't think about of just how expensive movies were in the fifties, how expensive movies are yeah. now. I mean, now still even major Hollywood movies do have private investors. Right. You know, but it's there's something in this movie that kind of sheds a little light on some real movie making shit when these financiers come in and they're like, "Well, I want an explosion at the end of this movie." Right. Like, well, that's yeah. how, that's not how it ends. They're like, "Well, if you want my money, that's, that's how it, that's do. how it ends." Yeah. And that's where we get people like John Peters. I was going to say, Tim Burton has some good <laughs> stories about dealing with stuff like that yeah, with John Peters. with John Peters mm-hmm. yep. saying, yeah. I, I want, want a, a fucking spider in this movie. I want a spider in this movie, or I want the Batman movie to end with a fight in a bell tower. In a bell tower in a cathedral. Yep. And and Tim Burton was just like, I okay. guess. Yeah, I guess. Okay, great. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that, like that yeah. stuff, that that's real, and yeah, you're right, Scott. That's absolutely true. He had dealt with that literally with yeah. changing the just, ending, just of coming Batman off of and, it, just coming off of it, yeah. And the ending of Batman yeah. makes no fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool and it's gothic and a cathedral and Gotham. Right. It's, hey, it's, but it works, but, but yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, and I like I like that I like that touch too. Where yeah, the producers are like you know, because we're giving you this money and it even goes to the, you know, bride of the monster thing where it was just like, I'll finance your movie. If you put me in it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, and my son and my, you know, so-and-so. And- <laughs> He's a little slow. Which is- <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, meanwhile, I'm looking at the son. I'm just like, well, you know, he does look like the leading man of, like, one of these movies from the 50s. So <laughs> He does. It's, he does. it's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go over there to the old Willow's place. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that's the running gag as they keep cutting back to him with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um yeah, I yeah, I, I I love this movie so much. It's just so good. I wish everyone could see it. Yeah, I think really. it's I yeah. think it's low key one of my favorite Tim appreciate movies. Tim Burton more. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I always try to be uh, diplomatic about Tim Burton, that I kind of grow tired yeah. of the Tim Burton's a sellout conversation, which yeah. I get that there's truth behind it. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like Tim Burton's made some pretty fucking good movies. And you yeah, know what? Yeah. Tim Burton is still cashing that check all of these years yeah. later. <laughs> he is still yeah, I mean, taking that. Is, is up there. Edward Scissorhands. But like, he's Lopez. still like cashing that netflix check right now doing the wednesday adams like right tv show so like he is still riding off the off that success and he like ed wood like was an auteur and mm-hmm. really didn't make you know the thing about tim burton that blows my mind okay this this was again when i was growing up in the 90s was <laughs> like pre pre sweeney todd 
I was like, he really didn't make a lot of movies. No. Yeah. Like, he really didn't. Like, you know, you could count on Mm -hmm. maybe two hands the amount, the movies he did. Yeah. And, you know, up until, you know, 2007 or something like that. And they were all great. And they were all different. They were all, you know, very much their own. And yet they had Tim Burton aesthetics and elements to them that made them a Tim Burton movie and made people excited about it. And I was like, isn't that what you want out of a blockbuster director? Absolutely. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, And like you said, it's like... It kind of makes you see his over his, you know, yeah, his catalog, his catalog yeah. in a different way. You know, it's a, it's I, I don't know. I think people might think it's the least Tim Burton-y movie. Well, those people are wrong. <laughs> people are very wrong. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I mean, even the Howard Shore score even though it's not Danny Elfman I mm-hmm. mean it's like it's all theremin it's yes. so you know it fits it's, it's, the it's period like, it's the... very weird mm-hmm. out of this world um, but I, yeah I think it's his best and I, I wish I mean my only regret is that I wish he had made more movies like this sure yep because I was like he's so good at making not not bio, biopics but just movies about you know people defying the odds in the real world and he tried that with big eyes and you know that kind of missed kind of had mixed results yeah i think i think big eyes ultimately i like the movie i think amy adams is really good in it but Mm -hmm. i also just find margaret Keene's life to be fascinating like i have a i have a big eyes tattoo on my arm so yeah it's just that's just a story that i find very like fascinating so i think that like kind of makes up for a lot of the shortcomings of the movie Mm -hmm. kind of christoph waltz playing the stock christoph waltz character that he plays in everything (laughs) right um, right. i think amy is pretty good in it and i still think that he can still go back and make a movie like edward like why not like you never I think know, so like, too. Yeah, there could be and like I, a, hope, I, I hope it's I hope it's leading to that. Like, and I hope there he's could, yeah. There could be a script yeah. that just comes across his desk that he really likes. I mean, that was sort of the case with the movie, like Big Fish. Yeah, is that somebody True. just handed it to him? And and I I hope it's yeah I hope it's it goes back to the Big Fish, the Ed Woods, and then also even like the Beetlejuices. You know, it's yeah. like I I just yeah. wish he would make a more practical movie. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Big fish, Ed Wood, like where it's less about the absurdity of the world in, in like fantasy world, but then it's more about finding our deep humanity within that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he goes back to that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty of time for that. Sure. Yeah. Tim, <laughs> you're young. That's fine. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I mean, I don't hold anything against him for, Casting Helena and everything, casting no, Lisa she's, Marie. No. She's usually pretty well Johnny. cast in like. I think Helena is a lot of them so yeah. well used in everything mm-hmm. that she's in. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. something like even something like Dark Shadows. Yeah, I think Dark Shadows, Helena Potter, like yeah. brings a lot yeah, I mean, to that I know role. He didn't do Harry mm-hmm. Potter, but still, it's like yeah, she you know she she knew what her niche was and she went with it. So yeah, go with it. Yeah, yeah. totally. So I mean, yeah, we can we can still see a, a return to great. I mean, I've I feel like I've been having this conversation since Big Fish. 
Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which this, I, which this I think is going to be the one. And I feel like we had like, this. Oh, he, this is a good one. And I feel yeah. like we had this conversation last year in October because we did Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. That's and so right. we will yeah. we will be returning to to Tim Burton in yeah. next year. Next we, year when we cover Dark Shadows. When we when we cover <laughs> Dark Shadows. God, no, please no. Um, he would, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he has those like ru- quick rises with mm-hmm. like Sleepy Hollow and Big Fish where we're like, oh, he's back. Yeah. And then he goes and does Alice in Wonderland and then Dark Shadows. And we're like, oh, fuck, no, dude, you weren't <laughs> supposed to do that. Yeah. Well, you know. We well, had- well, fingers crossed for Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Tim, thank you so much for listening to Movies right? Under the Sky. We <laughs> hope that you credit us in the credits as a special thanks. Thank, thank you, you so for being much. a sponsor. As always, the gift basket. We've been doing we his, love. this podcast for you. We do this for you. It's all for you, Tim. Uh, and, you know, Tim and Helena's whole, like, concept of having the separate houses connected by like a bridge i mean sounds like a good idea to me i mean they're divorced now so maybe it didn't work but hey it sounded like a great idea (laughs) i think edward needs to come back from the grave and make the tim burton biopic how about that that would be that would be good love it that would be i was gonna say jackson like (laughs) all of these directors now post pandemic are all Making movies like about themselves. I don't even want to talk. Kenneth Branagh. I don't even want Belfast, to talk. The the Fableman. Spielberg. Spielberg. Bel- Belfast was great. I do not want to talk about the Fableman. You don't want to talk this, about the Fableman. To me, looks like such a jerk off. The Fableman. The Fable. They. The name of this family is the Fablemans. <laughs> Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. Then, I am sorry. And if this that and if, looks so stupid. And if that movie uh, is going to be what drags Michelle Williams across dick. the Oscar finish line, like I think that it is. I'm, of course it, it is. is. Yeah, of course it, it is. is. Blue Valentine wasn't good enough. Yeah, it yeah. has to be Meet the Fableman. Steven Spielberg's mother, but it's not real. It's not little Stevie Spielberg. It's, it's the really. Fablemans. Uh, Get the, the Fablemans. The, the Fablemans, um, which is a. A fictional family a fictional that I created uh, so that like, I could live out what my are the other ones? childhood uh, life. Alejandro Gonzalez Inner 2 has that movie that is based on like his childhood in Mexico. Well, and, I won Amadova with, um, uh, oh God, Lovin, uh, Lovin, what would not Love and Mercy? Um, oh, Pain, Pain and Pain Glory? The Time of Cholera. Pain and Glory? No. Pain and Glory. Pain yeah. and Glory. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. But that was so, good. Yeah. And Roma was good. Yeah. Roma. Yeah, Roma. That was autobiographical. Yeah. Gosh, everyone. Can't wait till Avatar 2 just shows mm. up with J- Jim Cameron's mom and. Little Jimmy Cameron. Little Jimmy Cameron. <laughs> all blue. Just a, in a blue suit. I mean, but you know what? I feel Watching like, Citizen Kane right. and Plan 9 from oh Outer my. Space. But I feel like. I want to do that, mom. But I feel like Tim Burton's, like, childhood. Probably would lend itself to a pretty good movie of him growing up in Burbank. Hey, yeah, because so, yeah, because he was yeah. an LA kid. Yeah, that's right. He was yeah. like a he was a, a, a total Cali boy. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he grew up in Burbank. Could, he went to Art Center. I was going to say he got a job at Disney. Maybe you could boom boom boom. Maybe one, you could use Disney as the studio that he goes to. It would have to be a studio um. that rhymes with Disney. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah. Just, just pull his out his knee, his knee, his knee. Just knee pull is, out your knee old is, is connected to the leg, which has the Achilles heel. Oh, for which is <laughs> sorry, I'm developing the story in real time. I love Go it. Ahead. Just pull out your old Nightmare Before Christmas DVD. It's got the Vincent <laughs> six minute short yep. on there. That's Timber's right. childhood. That's it. And oh, and you know, actually Paul Thomas Anderson should do the Tim Burton story. But that's just <sighs> oh, yeah, no. right. No. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean the quintessential LA, you know, Valley Kid mm-hmm. up, I mean was doing another Valley Kid yeah, upbringing. Uh, in the seventies. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean children, go watch Ed Can they Edward's not streaming anywhere. Uh, you can rent it. They got to rent Amazon it. Prime. They got to rent, rent it on it. Amazon Prime. I mean, I think that rent the, it on Apple Apple uh, uh, TV or Amazon Prime for mm-hmm. what four dollars? Yeah, yeah, easy four dollars. Four dollars. Beautiful. That's it. It's worth seeing. Great performances. Everyone deserves yeah. an Oscar Absolutely. for their perfor- <laughs> for their performances, their writing, the directing, everything. It's, yeah. it's I perfect mean, movies. Also, yeah. like Ed okay. Wood, early gender non. Non-conforming. <laughs> I mean, proudly was a crossdresser and yeah. didn't care about what people thought of him. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. He's one yes. of these one of these Gen Z. Uh, I mean, I social justice warriors. I would like to think that Ed Wood would go by they and them pronouns. <laughs> if if no, those he'd were go by he, if those were things, you don't he. think so? No, he'd go by he him. Mm-hmm. He he he. Yeah, I was going to say you should watch his. Uh, porno films he made later in life he, he would definitely go by he him oh, okay. um so, <laughs> so maybe those are a video tech we'll go we'll go take a look oh my goodness i mean jackson thank this you so much so for much coming fun. on this thank you oh, this was so fun thank you all yeah. for having this me. has been a fun i love you guys this has been so fun yeah this was really. a fun october choice yes to do for the month Very of much. october mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah I mean, we got our obligatory Tim Burton movie in for the year. Yeah, come to LA. We'll go to Bordner's and Moose on Frank. I can't wait. We'll <laughs> go wait. see. We'll I go see. Wait. We'll go see Vampire's Grave. At yeah. Forever. Oh, yes, I would like that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. we'll put flowers. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But this was so much fun. We'll have you again on soon again. Thank you so much. But until then, I think it's time to bid you adieu. Bye, friends. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. This was another a fun, fun episode. October episode. Great movie for the books. Yeah, we definitely uh, recommend just checking out this movie. Like we said, it's a four dollar rental. You know, on uh, Gosh, Apple or Amazon. I didn't even think that we've been easy. doing like one Tim Burton movie a year since the podcast. I mean, he's got plenty of movies. We could yeah. be doing more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. Look up all these actors in this movie. There's just some kooky, crazy, fun mm-hmm. people in this. I mean, we love Ed Wood. We love Vampira, clearly. Yeah. Um, all the all the stuff about Vampira versus Elvira is a very interesting deep dive. So, yeah, there's a lot of really fun backstory to all of this. So, if you're like us and you love just, like, pulling out Wikipedia as you're watching these, like... 
true life movies. This is this is the one for you. So check that out, everybody. But um, I think it's some time. Is it time for Patreon shoutouts? <laughs> for Patreon shoutouts. Let's hear them. Yes, indeed. We are going to say hello and thank you so much to all of our wonderful patrons, including Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emil, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and also Rufino. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being patrons. When you sign up with Patreon, you'll get our newsletter, uh, our Watch With Us commentaries. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing some in the month of October. Yes, indeed. Uh, We recently did um, a new commentary for Clash of the Titans. That one's really fun. Uh, If you are on the $10 level and you have access to the commentary tracks, you can uh, sync them up with the movie and watch them with us as if we are just watching the movie right next to you and it adds all of our fun insight or you can just listen to it as a supplementary episode there are also two uh watch with us commentary tracks that are free just kind of have to search through the oh that's right posts. yeah mm-hmm. um but if you're uh, uh any level or just um not even a patron yet you can go on to the patreon and scroll through the posts there are actually two free commentary tracks on there so um That'll be up to you to find them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty simple. Um, so, yeah, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of that fun stuff. And thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we'd also love it if you would uh, rate and review our show. Yeah, give us five stars. We'd, us love to, stars. we'd love to see that. Yeah. And if you write a review, we'll read it on uh, an upcoming episode. Um, you can give us a five-star review on... Apple Podcasts or on uh, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it really helps and it's great for us and it makes us look really good and um, just helps in the old internet, you know, society. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Movies and Made Us Gay and on Twitter, MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. Give us a follow. Give us a follow. And if you want to follow our personal uh, socials, you're more than welcome to. I am Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on um, Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. So thanks so much for listening once again. And we will see you next week. Happy spooky October season. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.